Welcome to Talk Amongst Yourselves, the entertainment talkie podcast. And today, you join us during peak snacking hours. Um, we are three episodes deep into our end of year recording. Uh, Welcome to Podathon. <laughs> so, man's got to eat. Uh, Darren is about to try a Doriaki, which is... I, I, uh, a thing. It's a pan. It's a Japanese style pancake that has red bean paste and some kind of creamy filling. There's a big ass creamy bit there. Somewhere. Do mind there is a like a some kind of like don't eat this silica gel thing. I did wonder why it has the same thing that comes in electronic packages. Yeah, so I'm not going to eat that. Don't eat that. Just just uh-huh. try the pancake. See mm. what you think. Mm. Okay. Because I don't know if you've had red bean paste before. I don't think I have. Well, it's 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 a lot nicer than it sounds. It just sound like mashed up kidney beans, which is probably what it is. But. I don't know what it is, but they've made it sweet, and it's very good. That is delightful. I'm looking forward to eating that when I go to Japan, hopefully this year. Fingers crossed. This is one of my favourite episodes of the year, because I feel like it's the most like, eh, fuck it, let's just talk about what we want. Yep. So this is why it's good to have a bit of a, uh, what do they call it when people eat down the microphone? Oh, a bit of ASMR. A bit of ASMR, a bit of a mukbang type of thing. Oh, no. <laughs> we have been. Um, we made. The, oh, well, I made the mistake of opening the um, Rubio crisps. <laughs> oh, Rubio chicken and lemon crisps. Yep. Revelation. Really nice. Yep. So, Good crunch. Nice flavour. <laughs> My wife's going to hate this episode because she fucking hates eating noises. <laughs> fucking I, am very, I mean, very not that she listens anyway, so it's fine. But you know, as is the beauty of these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you've never joined us for the best of everything else, it's yes. a bit more a free form. It is. We're just going to cover off everything like that. Now, this is essentially the TV ranking episode. Yes, that's the, the, the big feature. And then we just go off the deep end and talk about everything else we like. It's my one time of the year I get to talk ad nauseum about wrestling to somebody else on a podcast and yeah. no one can stop me. Have you had to practice this year? No. I, haven't uh-huh. had to, I have practiced it a little bit, but mm. I haven't had to like properly practice it because I was worried it would run about an hour. Right. So I <laughs> right. practiced it a little bit. Mm. And depending on how far we are into this recording, I will dumb it down as we go. But uh, no, essentially, we're here to talk about TV. We are. Can I just get the worst TV show of the year off my chest straight you away? Sure can. Did you watch that Stan Lee Disney Plus uh, documentary? No, I didn't. Fucking pile of shit. Really? I'm trying not to swear as much this year because I was very <laughs> swearing last year, but... It came out, mm. so I've lent you the Sam Lee book. I have, it's over there. I gave it you for, I was like, I've been burdened with terrible knowledge and it's about time I, sh- I shared that. Yes, and there is some terrible knowledge in there. There is. So I finished reading that and literally the week later, this documentary came out on Disney+. Plus. Mm. So the book I'm referring to is uh, The Rise and Fall of uh, Stanley by Abraham, I want to say Leishman or something like that. Oh, I can see the thing from here. And I if you can read, read that it. from there, you're a fucking eagle. Uh, no, true believer, the rise and fall of Stanley, and I can't see the dude's name. It is a a a, a brilliant book, I guess. Um, in that it, it it takes a pretty objective look at Stanley's life mm. and lays it out flat. And it's good for us because we've basically made him the patron saint of this show. Yes, thankfully, there's nothing in there that I feel like now needs to bring him down. No, it's the same a Jonathan Major situation. No, done some shitty things. I'm sure most people have in their life. Been a bad friend. Being a bad friend and all that jazz. Pitched a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. He basically, almost basically pitched fucking Mags and Prof. Which is unreal to me. And it just kind of paints... Which is an inside baseball joke that no one's getting in. That it is. So it basically just paints a um, a more realistic picture of the man. Yes. And then they said this one was going to happen. Now, the trailer made it out. I was like, well, it's not going to be a hatchet job because it looks like the visual style they're going for the retelling of things Mm. is a kind of 
claymation type of looking yes. thing. Or more like a kind of diorama still thing. I was like, okay, well, it's Disney, so it's not going to be that. But hopefully it's a realistic look at the man's life. It could not be a less... If we're taking that book as true-ish, mm. or at least the most warts and all version of his story, this could not be more like the complete opposite. In fact, it feels like it was released as a response to that book. I've been like, no, nah, Stanley was great and always has been great. And I swear to God, in like an hour's runtime, there is a 30-second hint towards the Jack Kirby stuff. Right. And that is it. That's mental to me. Nothing about his post-Marvel life, nothing about him trying to get um, Pale Entertainment off the ground mm. or anything like that. Just, he came up with everything. He basically ran Marvel by himself when everyone else was fired. And he invented all the characters, what you're talking about. And it is such an empty-headed show. Mm. If it, If it was like, it's debatable about Stan Lee, and we're not taking that book as gospel. I might be slightly easier on it, but just the fact that there's stuff that everyone agrees happened, up to and including Kevin Smith, the biggest Stan Lee mark in the world. Yes. That said, he's done some terrible things, he's done some stuff like this, that's bad. To not mention any of that, mm. and to basically pay like, lip surface, I'm not even joking, 30 seconds worth of lip surface of, who really invented the Fantastic Four? Oh my God. Uh, it's, it's the biggest waste of time I've had. All year, and easily the worst TV show I've seen. That is so disappointing. It really is. I didn't think they'd go all in, because obviously they've got to protect their IP. Yeah. And he's dead now. It's the, is it the whole thing of, no, but Stanley really, really wasn't racist and did all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but didn't stop from being a shitty person to basically everyone he knew and loved. Well, they didn't take the task of, right, let's go point by point through the book and give the others perspective. They just ignored it, and mm. they just, they gave... The Stanley version of Stanley's life of yeah. no, I was brilliant and I did everything. Yeah, it was a very big come down after reading that book mm. and, and coming to a better, healthier understanding of someone that we've idolised, which is always a good thing to do to have perspective on things and then just have that go. If this is the only Stanley biography you watch, you're going to come away thinking, oh yeah, he's brilliant and everything he ever did is brilliant. I am amazed that that is not not that version, but the version over there on my desk isn't a film yet. I'm amazed that's I, I I think give it time. Yeah. In all honesty, I think eventually they're going to have to rectify both versions of the story. Mm. If they do an Elvis-level biopic on Stanley at some point, yeah. I think that's probably what it's going to be more that stuff. It's, like I said, he wasn't like a completely irreprehensible, irredeemable person, but to make out that he was... This yeah, untouch- touchable fucking Jesus figure. He's this is wrong. it. He, he, like you can both things can be true. We've said that in a couple of episodes yeah. in this recording yeah, yeah. session. He was he was an, an incredible genius and a beloved fan figure, but he's also a shitty person, a shonky businessman. It's just oh yeah, yeah. the truth of Stan Lee, and that's fine, that's perfectly fine. Anyway, your that's worst the, uh, American born Chinese. Yep. I've heard of this. You have. That's because Kihi Kwan and Michelle Yeoh are in it. Oh. Which is the reason I've t- tuned in. Oh. It's very, very cheaply made. Oh, no. Very... Confi- I Now, I can't speak as to how they adapted all of the Chinese mythology stuff. I can't speak to it. What I can tell you is that the action scenes look like dog shit. Like, it's not... You know, like, how the wire-worky stuff at the start of Shang-Chi was that kind of, like... It it lent into the genre more than it exposed it for for how cheap and shitty it was. Mm-hmm. It lent into the kind of the wushu style stuff. Yes, this is the exact opposite, and the wire work looks dreadful. 
Uh. And the costumes are really bad and really they look like it looks like a panto at times. Um, I bailed real quick. I was really excited just due to the strength of the cast and people tell me that the source material is really good and it's got Disney money behind it. You could have told me this was like like UK TV gold fucking a pre-Taskmaster UK TV gold original production. Right, and I've okay. been like, wow, even that's bad for them. Mm. Like It was super low budget. Like, not even charming low budget, just like they had an idea in their head and... You know what? It's a shitty flute of a show. Like, you know, like the crap cover of, like, the My Heart Will Go On on Recorder? Yes. It's that. It's that okay. of the show. But but with none of the, um, the, the self-realisation of that. It's just truly awfully done. And I'm surprised that people were excited to see it. Very strange. Shall we go through... Um... The, the Marvels and the Star Wars of the uh, TV world. That's a good idea. As I think. So I've got a lot to get through. Mm. I've broken it into some categories. Um, but this one is first. So there's only one. So I'm, I'm largely going to be talking at length about a top five. Of course. Which only one of the Star Wars Disney superhero-ness makes it in. Yes. Because The Mandalorian Season 3. is not great. It's, it's fine. the weakest series by far. Yes, despite the fact it's got the most to do. Oh, yeah, it's the most... It, it moves away from the problem of the week a little bit. Mm. It has a bit more of an overarching story than the first two did. But it turns out I just don't give that much of a shit about Mandalore. <laughs> it it makes it all the more prevalent that, that the, the thing that made the Mandalorian TV show great is uh, Space Dad. Yes. That's what made it good. As The Mandalorian deep lore stuff... Is yes. fine for what it is. Mm. It is not as engrossing as no. the story of a space single father. No, and I feel like this this episode. It's never been confirmed, and this is more just me reading the room of them trying to transition the Mandalorian of the story away from Dinjarin and onto Bo-Katan Kreese and making her the, the Mandalorian, Mandalorian that we will primarily follow in season four and onwards, mm. because Pedro Pascal. Well, he doesn't want to do it. He wasn't there for most of this he's, season. He's been relegated to voice work. Yes. But thankfully, he's the most employed man in the world, and I don't think he's going to care all that much about yep. it. If he has to take his helmet off once a season, so be it. Mm. But, yeah, they're just... I don't... The only episodes I can remember are the one with Jack Black. Yes. And the last one. Yes. Like, everything else has kind of gone into the malaise. I feel like there's a bit where he gets captured by a weird spider drone thing. And Bo-Katan has to go save him. Oh, that's pretty early on, because that's where you see the... Um, oh, the, the Mythosaur. Mythosaur, yeah. And he, he, got, he, he walks into a pool of water in full armour and then he gets surprised when he sinks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was stick. dumb. So that I, I, that's it. I, like, it's still not bad. In fact, if you when you read the, the, the full list, I've put it at number 10. Mm. But that's because well, it's still got Grogu and there's still some good... And that last episode is genuinely good, of like the, the, the retaking of Mandalore. Oh, yeah, that's good. Is excellent. I mean, they they broke my, one of my favorite lightsabers, but that's besides the point. That, that, it's it's okay. It's still up there. It's still You're up fine. there. It's fine. It's still good. It's, it's still, still good. good. It's still good. But it was a much weaker year for Disney Marvel stuff. Yes. On on D plus. I mean, in general, Marvel's had a down year, but mm. um, but we have a full review of both Loki and Secret Invasion. We do. But I mean, in summary, oh no, uh, Lo- Loki. I think we were both. Better on Loki. Loki's like I respect what it's doing because yes. what it's doing is, is 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 fu- it's, it's so grand in a scale, yes. but limited by its medium and the restrictions of the of the larger ongoing story. Yes, but but Tom Hiddleston's great. 
and yes. no one can take that away from him. No. And then Secret Invasion. Oh, boy. He's a big boiling bag of shit. Oh, good. God. Talk about having the opposite problem. Like, well, you didn't go big enough. Like, yeah. what is this? This is, this could <laughs> this have been an awful. This could have been an Avengers movie. And he said it's this? Yeah. That even Marvel has no interest in, re- in referring again because Sam Jackson appears in a movie like three months after his end that doesn't yep. reference the, nope. the events of Secret doesn't Invasion. Doesn't reference the fact that he was on Earth for like a good while sorting out quite important matters. He's got a Not- wife. Yeah, he's, he's now open. He's a scroll, and it's on in saber with him. So, yep. not a word on it. Not a. It's just going to be another celestial sticking out the sea oh, thing, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. like, well, we're never going to talk about that again. Well, all of the crap stuff didn't happen. We're just going to ignore it. It's, I mean, it worked quite well with the um, uh, the Inhumans. So true. Why not? Yeah. Uh, did you watch Gen V? I didn't get round to watching Gen V, and by proxy, I have not seen the latest season of the Boys. Where? Like you were catching up with the boys from last year, have yep, you not? Watched, still, still you not still finished. haven't finished. Still haven't finished. You've it. had a year to do it. You Skip forward, watched Hero Gasm, didn't go back. And it's not. This is not a mark of quality against the show because the show is phenomenal. Right. I just barely have time. Right. Okay. Keep this in mind when he watches all the Oscar movies yep. again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forced myself through some awful shit so that I don't have time to watch Good excellent stuff. shows like the boys. Um, it, it's not. It's not on the level of the boys, I don't think. It's it's in order. I think it's trying to be, which is weird because the reviews made it out to be a completely flawless TV show, hundred percent for a good long while. Solid. Mm. No, it's it, it's doing good stuff, but it hasn't made the top ten just because I don't think that the stakes are lower, and I just don't think I really connected with the characters as much as I would as I was want to because mm. it's not as funny as the boys, mm. and it's it it feels a little predictable in the. It's using the same tropes of like, what if that happened in real life? But it's ticking off all the teen drama ones as well. Sure. Of like, she gets small, but that's because she's bulimic. Uh, and right. her powers is blood, so she cuts herself and... Skins with powers. Skins with powers, exactly, but a bit more trite. So it's it's still good, it's still passable, and I think it gets to a nice place in the end. But it's predictable, feels a bit played out in mm. some areas. So, no, I don't think it's... The, the reviews were... I would still give it a good, solid, either a, a eh, three out of five seems a bit harsh. I'd probably give it a four, but it's not the a passionate four out of five. It's right. like, I'd much rather have, can we have boys next? Yep. And we are getting boys season four next year. Yes, so you are. Happy days. Um, I believe that's everything Disney, Star Wars. There, there, well, there was Okasoka, but we didn't talk about Okasoka. Like. <laughs> Okasoka. Oh, the Okasoka. <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about Ahsoka later. Yes. That's in my top five. Um, I would like to talk, actually to be fair I did put Secret Invasion lower than American born Chinese that's uh, interesting um, a couple of lower ranking seasons for me so the latest season of The Witcher is not great um, is this the last one with him in? it's the last one with Henry right. Cavill which is such a shame I, I still think he's great and I still think there's so much strength in that cast right but they are being bogged down with dragging their feet on stuff right okay like they, they, they got to care more and last season and i'm like okay right so we are we and like there's they keep showing the wild hunts come in and they never really get there and ultimately i fucking bailed on the show it got oh i know it got long it got pretty boring okay there wasn't enough 
levity in this series. The right, first okay. series didn't take itself as seriously. The second series did, but it, it, it was the first time that those characters were properly coming together and exploring those dynamics. Yeah, yeah. The third one feels that it is a continuation of that, but not in any meaningful way that makes it more enjoyable to watch. Right. Ultimately, I think the fourth season, the first with uh, Liam Hemsworth, uh-huh. will be the last. I think that will right. be it. Because um, it's just not that fantastic anymore. Ah. The effects are still good. Don't get me wrong, the monster effects are still pretty good. But I don't know. I, I feel like it needed it needed a more key villain. Right, and it okay. had one because it introduced the... Is it not Niflheim? Um, the, the, the evil Black Armor Kingdom. Introduced their king, right? And like he's a big presence in the third game. I'm like, okay, fair enough. It introduced like side characters like Sigismund Dijkstra into this one. I'm like, okay, cool, right. we've got him. And it's fucking Graham McTavish, who's a great actor. Yes, and they didn't really do anything with him. And it's just just disappointing. Um, right. Yeah, there was another one I've got. Did are you are you looking to get onto your top five now? Or oh no no, I've got loads to go. Back to you then, my friend. Um, I'm just gonna wax sports documentaries together real quick. Yes. Um, I, a lot of people, I don't like F1. No. 100 mile an hour conga line as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Particularly the last few seasons where Max Verstappen has just won everything. Du, it's been du, boring. Du, du, du. Max Verstappen. Verstappen. Babe, um, we can't. My parents will be home in one minute 38. <laughs> it's worth it for the memes. Yes. But I don't care about it. But everyone was like, even people I know who didn't care about F1 were like, drive to survive the mm. next fix, the documentary about F1 is worth it mm. and there's been like there's like six seasons now i've never watched all of them including the new season that came out this year and i think even drive to survive realizes that the f1 part of f1 is the boring part so they make all the drama off the track mm. and keep it all there and like i said it introduced me to gunther steiner yes my new favorite character <laughs> <laughs> who is just the head of the Haas racing team and everything goes wrong for paul and he's like oh what's this week gunther oh no <laughs> what's happened oh the factory burnt down <laughs> and so and so forth. it's wonderful um and then it has to talk about the actual race and you're like oh i don't i don't care well i thought i'd, I'd try an f1 race i tried the 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 Vegas one. Hmm. So like, not only have I been there, and that's cool. I now know all the characters, so I can might be able to follow along. No, nah. it's still boring as fuck. Yeah. Um, There's a reason why the video games are better than the actual sport. I would imagine so. Yeah. Like, um, then there was Beckham. Yes, I caught a bit of this. Did you? Did you? I did. Why? Because yeah, my wife had it on. Yeah. Did she want to some David Beckham, and or she just a big? Spice Girls fan. Or? Listen, he could. I've got a newfound respect for the guy. Yeah, fair. He, it, it, for, for all of it, I appreciate how down to earth he appears to have. Been I, I, I see. I'm, I'm troubled by this one because I can't make my mind up about it. If like, it feels like he watched the Last Dance and went, "Well, I want to do that." Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't go as all in as the Last Dance mm. does. I feel like he's definitely still had. I mean, Michael Jordan had final cut of the Last Dance, but true. There's a lot of people in there doing hatchet jobs on on, on Michael him. Jordan. Yeah, and, and to be fair, one of those people is Michael Jordan because he does not represent himself very no, well. He does not, and he took that personally. He did. Whereas this one, I'm like, I appreciate that it shone light on how difficult his life must have been post France '98 until he kind of had his redemption arc. Yes, I'm like public enemy number one, people out to get him, twenty four seven paparazzi fucking follow him everywhere he goes. But and yet he does seem. Down to earth. I think that's what I appreciate was the the working class yes. story. But yes, 
Well, there's positives and negatives. On the one hand, I remember that he's a multi-millionaire, if not yet a billionaire, who owns a football club, mm-hmm. who was happy to take Qatari sponsor money yep. to say, oh, yeah, they're not a terrible dictatorship. No, no, they're mm-hmm. a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Um, and did that, so it makes him at least morally questionable, if not bad. Yep. Um, and I was like, we're going to have to talk about the affair, right? We're going to have to get round to Rebecca Lewis at some mm-hmm. point, right? And they went out of their way to skirt around him never actually saying, yes, I cheated on my wife. Yep. They talk about there was accusations and then the terrible things that happened because of the accusations. But at no point does he either go, no, yeah. that didn't happen. Or, oh, yes, yes I fucked her. Mm-hmm. Like they, and I'm like, lad, you've, you've got to come down on... Surely the opportunity to go, and to be clear, I didn't, would have been this show. But that didn't happen because mm. it did happen and he can't find his way around it. Yeah. And for all of that, then it shows me the free kick against Greece in 2004, and I'm like, oh, I love that man. <laughs> I still get goosebumps. I can, I, can, I can take you to the exact place I was in the Brunswick pub yeah. on that beautiful day when I saw that free kick going. It's the greatest goal I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life, and it makes me so goddamn happy. And all that good stuff. Yep. So, yeah, I have a bit of a wishy-washy relationship with it. I get it. Finally. Yes. As I said, it's been a year for wrestling content. Mm-hmm. There was two separate documentaries released about training schools at the same time. Huh. One on Netflix, one on Apple TV. Is Netflix wrestlers? The wrestlers. Watch the first episode of wrestlers. Like, they couldn't be more polar opposites in their negatives. Right. The wrestlers is so hackney of, like... Proper, de- so it's based on Ohio Valley Wrestling, yes, which used to be back in like the late 90s into the early 2000s, the WWE feeder system, mm. a local indie that they owned that they would send people to. There's the famous class of 2002, which was John Cena, Batista, Brock Lesnar, uh, and was Shelton in that one? I think Shelton Benjamin's in that one as well, yeah. So, like, oh no, Randy Orton, so yeah, Randy, C- Randy Cena, uh, Batista, Batista and Lesnar all came through with Ohio Valley Wrestling at the same time. Mm. Like, the golden generation. Unbelievable. They eventually sold it when they built the Performance Centre and made NXT the developmental centre. Yes. And they sent it into obscurity. It's now on by Al Snow, who used to wrestle for them. And it's about this podunk little redneck company trying to fight back. And all the people who work there are scumbags. And except for Al Snow, who's just trying to fucking right the ship. And it all comes down to, no, Al, you have to wrestle again and come back for the big show. <laughs> and then there's Hollywood Haley J, who's like nominally the protagonist. Yes. Who's this woman who clearly has a lot of issues mm. and doesn't I, seem to be a nice person. I hope she's okay. Yeah. Wherever she is, I uh, hope she's okay. And everyone was like, oh, I hope she gets signed by the Fed. I'm like, there's no. No. That PRWE never. She did get a tryout, allegedly. Mm. But I think that was lip service. And she did wrestle... On Rampage in AEW, but hasn't got signed by either of them. I'm like, why would you? She's clearly got issues mm. and will not be good for UPR team. I didn't like it because I was... I, I'm, was I'm, it that Mickey Rourke movie level of like... Because I, I haven't reached the end of the series. Um, it, it, kind of. It's like, well, why am I a fan of this? It yes. clearly isn't good. But also I'm like, because I'm constantly on of like, what's real, what's kayfabe? I'm like, a lot of this, like Al Snow needing to wrestle to come out of retirement to wrestle this one more match. So the mm. show sells really big. And oh, it did really good. I was like, this is too neat. Nothing wrestling is this neat. Mm. I don't know. Oh, shit. Now on the other side of things, you had Apple TV's off effort called the Monster Factory. I haven't seen this. So this is a very famous wrestling school um, that for the most part, was known for like training the bigger guys in wrestling. Now it's trying to be a bit more all-encompassing. The problem with this one was it was boring. 
Like, right. it doesn't have the same wackiness. Like, everyone seems much better adjusted in this school. Mm. And it follows the same thing of, like, they're building up to their biggest show ever and, and all that stuff at the ECW arena. But it's just a bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, I watched it all nominally, but I wasn't really paying attention to it because the characters aren't... They're, they're much more watchable because they're not, like, grating. But to the same token, they're also quite boring. Uh. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't recommend... Either of them. I'm still waiting for the definitive wrestling documentary to happen. But I think that the, the, the Netflix wrestlers does that. It's almost like that Tiger King thing. Of, oh, of yes. Finding yes. something that is yes. inherently interesting, yes. but actually quite tragic. Yes. So I it's think. Exactly that. Yeah. But I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get on board with either of them for various reasons. Like, there's some people I'll be like, oh, if they turn up in something, I'll be like, oh, I remember you from. Chanel. Like the guy in um, Wrestlers, they're big enough, he's a bloke called um, uh, Mersha Halabi. Um, she, what's his name? Shia? Shia? Whatever his name is. He was a big deal in TNA, but he's famous for being god awful at wrestling. <laughs> he's massive and he looks the part. Yeah. He cannot wrestle for shit. Mm. And they were like, He's a star guy. And then I looked up his TNA stuff and he had three matches and lost all three of them this wow. year. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a thing. But that was it for sports documentaries. No good ones this year. None that I can wholeheartedly say, that was excellent. Mm. But They need to do... Uh, this. I know this is going to be cursed. Go on. They need to do a show about New Jack. Because oh, that guy was unhinged. Oh, they oh, that'd be... Un-goddamn hinged. That would be problematic It'd to be... do that. But uh, but if you want a provocative show... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The man the man lived a life. Mm. The man lived a life. You ever heard of the mass transit incident? No. There was a kid who basically forged some documents and said, oh, yeah, I've been trained by so-and-so and I'm 23. Mm. Turns out he was 16, was in a match with New Jack, and New Jack, he didn't know how to cut himself, so New Jack offered... And the kid nearly oh, bled, bled to death. Jesus Christ! Like he 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 was dressed as a bus driver, mass transit. Mm. He's fucking huge. And yeah, New Jack gigs him, and they nearly got him done for man, well, attempted manslaughter. Because like he is like fucking like um, passion of the Christ level of just oh Jesus convulsing on the fucking mat because they cut him too deep and yep. he didn't know what to do. And yeah, it's it's yeah. The, it's the OJ promo that gets me. Like that's oh mm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's, a, he's a dude um, I've got a load more but I feel like I might just do 30 seconds on each if you've got any other um, okay chuck in the pot. I think there's one we can talk about Go together um, because I really really enjoyed Physical 100 I'm glad you brought this up <laughs> I'm so glad you brought this up on the same year that Takeshi's Castle reboot came and was just more Takeshi's Castle I was like yep. this is fine yep. you haven't remembered nothing wrong with that and the commentary team was, was it was Ramesh Ranganathan and yeah, it's... your boy off um, Successville yeah um, I forgot his name I can't remember his name but it's not Craig Charles and that's nah, I that's get it but like I want Craig Charles back same um, Physical 100 on the other hand yes what a mental show <laughs> I loved it so much it, uh, it was just it was surprisingly en- engrossing for what should just be a bunch of fucking meatheads but it was and the oh the drama of the all the, the like obviously not marble casts but like the plaster casts of yes and smashing then, them to pieces oh, oh the good disappointment that I, I think it peaked the first episode of the one where they're all hanging from the ceiling yeah and you've got the, the gymnast who's like, I cannot let my country down. I will never surrender. Either. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I will never give up. And he's like bleeding and sweating. He's like desperately clinging on. And then you've got the armored jewel sergeant. Who... Yeah. 
Hasn't Com- even considered blinking yet. Completely zen. All is fine, my brother. <laughs> and <laughs> just from there on in. And like, I, I appreciate that they, they went out of their way to find different body types, different um, uh, expertise, different lines yeah. of work and everything. And uh, Oh, the, the trials episode. So oh, good. yeah. Poor, that poor bastards have to go through that. The, the pulling the ship one. You you highlighted cinema. that as a cinema. <laughs> oh my god! It was when the plucky team got through. I was like, yes, just by being on. smart and just doing it properly, yep. and just going, oh, just big pill to be fine. But everybody you thinks gonna win just gets knocked out. So yes, I'm like, Agent yeah. H is going the distance. Yes, no, <laughs> out real quick. My boy Tarzan. Tarzan. Tarzan made it much further in than he yes, should have. Yes, but then then chucked out ceremoniously. <laughs> it is a wonderful show. I hope they do it again. Um, I'd love to. I'd love them to move it round. Mm. Do a British one. Do an American one. Do That'd whatever. Oh my god! It just uh, what I like about it because it because of it being a Korean show is yes. that like that they, they go all out on the competition, but the second it is done, they're like, "Well done, lad." Yeah, and yeah. Just... There's there's some respect there and some handshaking and some yeah. yes, everything's well done. You wouldn't get there in the American one, would you? The American one would be like, yeah, yeah. exactly that. Um, also, yes, blessed be. I saw the trailer on Christmas Day. Before I was forced to watch Doctor Who. Yes. We are up. Oh, it's, we will feel the power. It's. I, I, I thought it was this year. I even said on New Year's Eve last year, happy gladiators year, everybody. January. Not specific in January yet, yeah. but come January, hopefully on the 20th for my actual birthday. It's the same song. We get gladiators. Wait, is it the same song? Yeah, that was the trailer. I didn't hear it. It was on mute. I just saw it and went, Mate. oh, the gladiators are back. Like, literally, like, because we had to watch Strictly. Um, yes. I know. But it was leading up to Doctor Who. Right. Which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, um, I just said that. Yes. I need to watch that. I just watched it on mute and was happy. I'm going to be even happier. Yeah. We are ready to feel the power of the gladiators. Has your dad been called up yet? Not yet. No, he's on standby as far as I'm aware. Right, I'm going to rattle off a few real quick ones, sure. if that's all right. Um, we watch what? Do you watch Extraordinary on Disney Plus? Yes, surprisingly good. That was great. I actually kind of liked it. So this is, if you're unaware, it's set in Britain. It is. You know, it's got a lot of American trappings. It is normally mm. a British show, and it's a world where everyone has superpowers, and you meet this Irish girl who's the only person who doesn't have superpowers. Yep. It's like your, it's your puberty allegory. Yes. Um, her mom is the nun from Derry Girls, and it's mm. very funny. Um, and it's just genuinely a very funny show that finds fun things to do with its power sets. Yes. So you've got one girl who can basically talk to girls and be possessed by them. Mm. Her boyfriend can pause time, but only for a very limited time. Yep. And I love the episode where he's using that to stop her breaking up with him. Yes, that's so good. Because you kind of you can kind of figure it out early on, but you're not hundred percent sure. He's like, well, something's happening, and then the second it clicks, it's like, yep. Oh. You've been you've been reversing time to yes. say the right answers. It, it's very well done. It was a re- I I went in with zero expectations, thinking this mm. will be schlocky, but genuinely that, hope that gets a season. I don't. Two. I haven't really ranked stuff, but if I was ranking that, that'd probably be like number six this year, possibly. Okay. Um, I'm gonna try and rattle through things I know you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Abbott Elementary. Nah. Solid sitcom based in a school in Philadelphia. Um. Genuinely funny, nice characters, genuinely heartwarming, has a good romance thing. Reminds me a bit of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but not on that level of like a procedural that's got, it's genuinely funny and has good heart. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's solid. I might be, it, it, it's a consideration for the draft because both seasons have got into the 80s. 
and I feel there's no sign it's going to drop, so I might carry on with that. Mm. Did you watch Always Sunny this year? I didn't. Best season in a while. Wow, really? Really, really I mean, it's good. always a consistent quality as yeah. well. Uh, no real particular standout episodes, I would say, but just the, the, the consistency of it was very, very good. Mm. Oh, we watched something called The Night Agent. I've heard of that. I think we watched the first 20 minutes. I was just kind of like, this is very much just there. I tell you, it's thing. a very by the numbers. Like, it's 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 watchable, mm. but nothing too special. I was a Netflix got, one, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they've got like, the best of the year. Like Not like top 10, but like top 25. And I'm like, nah. It was one of the 25 shows this year, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then um, um, have you in any way, shape or form ranked The Marvelous Miss Maisel's final season? I have. Okay. So we do need to talk about that when we do our we'll tops. get to that in a second. Um, can we talk about The Bear? Or is that coming later? It's coming later on. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Okay. Should we do Doctor Who very quickly? Oh, let, 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 please, please do Doctor Who. <laughs> right. Okay. I say I watch it. I watch it about 10 minutes and then... Oh, really? I try, mate, I tried. I tried. But then those little gremlin things in Santa Hats turned up. I went, no. Oh, see, so uh-huh. no, no, no. I'm worried about the... Pe- I mean, there's, there's those guys. I have watched an entire episode of the David Tennant special. Yes. I watched the one with the, the thing on the, the edge talk- of space with the... Oh, yes. Part of shit. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> really didn't enjoy that, but it was real dumb. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Did you not watch the one with Neil Patrick Harris in it? No. Ah, oh, that's a shame, because that was the best one. Um, yeah, it might be hard to believe this. This is still leagues better than the Jodie Whittaker stuff. <laughs> I know. Right. But every episode was a basic solid 7 out of 10. Okay. Apart from the Christmas episode, which is more like a 5. <laughs> the, the new Shooty Gatwell one? I love him. Oh, shooty is not the problem. Ah, that story sucked. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> I really didn't enjoy it. Right, uh, the, it was such a step down from what they were doing with the 60th anniversary specials. Yeah, and I don't know whether they're classifying this as episode one of the new series or the last of the specials. Right, because it either drags down something which is a redemption, yes, or it starts us off on the worst foot. And so I don't know which way to lean. Is the new series like imminent, or do they do the Christmas May special next year? Then... Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, so even in Tish, like a couple of months, right? Break. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shooty is not the problem. Shooty is great. He's owning the role. He's yes. doing something different, which is what you want. The uh-huh. show has to evolve, right? The Goblin story was dumb. All of it was dumb. I was like, oh, Davina McCall's in this. Yeah, thank you. Davina McCall good. gets killed by a Christmas tree. Uh, that might have been the best bit. Sweet. The the it wasn't particularly well written. Right. Shooty didn't really get... Like, he's great. He's doing the best with what he's been given. Yes. I'm worried that we're about to get another Peter Capaldi situation uh-huh. where I love the lead actor so much that I've got to watch them in absolutely terrible stories. Right. I'm hoping that's not the case. Okay. But... Yeah. And then the, the, the 360-year specials, the Toymaker one, obviously, obviously the best one. Yes. A fan, there's a fantastic sequence uh, with Spice Up Your Life in it. Um I mean, it's beyond parody, but it's very, very funny. Okay. Very, very good. The one that you saw was the weakest of those three. Ah. Um, that seems to be the going rate. That is the going rate for you. It was interesting enough, the idea of, like, these people haven't been together haven't been together for ages, they're back together, and do they actually really know each other anymore? Yeah. But they did it in the stupidest way possible. <laughs> With these beings that don't understand... The not things, that don't uh, understand how humans work, and what try have come from a, the universe of nothing and trying to get into the universe of something. Yes. It's, it's, it was all concept, very bad execution. Right. Um, and then the first episode was actually pretty good up until they took an overarching plot thread 
from series four, something that we haven't solved for about 10 years. Right. And just went, no one cares about that. Right, no, no, I care about that. <laughs> I would like you to resolve that in a satisfying manner. No, not going to do it. So yeah, sevens out of tens across the board. If I had to rank it, uh, let's say it's like a fucking eight or something. Right, okay. Because like, it's about as good as... Actually, no, it's probably close to a nine. I think it was better than Loki, uh, but not as good as Physical 100. Fair. And that is where we stand with Doctor Who. That is damning. Okay. I just They get good actors. They just need to write interesting stories. It's really not hard. I did see the wonderful... Um... Uh, Christopher Eccleston must have been on a panel for uh, something. Yeah. So what make you come back? Fire Russell T. Davies. Sack everyone and I'll come back. <laughs> Sack these ten people and I'll consider it. <laughs> yeah. He's sick of being asked. I was like, fair, fair play, King. You go for it. <laughs> um, right, so ten through six real quick. Mm. If you if you want to add some stuff, well, to be fair, one of them you definitely will. Mandalorian is number ten. Mm-hmm. I think it was a very good season of what we do in the shadows that got away from the pepperoni problem. Oh, I think there was no real... I have a Fabie episode, but I don't feel that was, like, so much above the rest of them. Local news? Uh that episode this year? Is that the one... Basically, the one that Nandor goes to space? No, that was the, that's the Gay Pride Parade episode. That's the one, yeah. That, that one, one was good as well. It's, I mean, it's just him going to space is... Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful! <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've been <a> fucking spy. <laughs> they didn't have a go flip yourself this season. You never go flip yourself. There was no Jackie Daytona. There was no Atlantic City. There was just good. Everyone got something fun to do. Yeah, I, I feel like the Colin Robinson stuff got back on the level now. Mm. I'm still not sure how I feel about Baby Colin Robinson and everything they tried to do last season. Yeah, it's kind of whatever. But the thing is, I enjoyed the the Vampire Nightclub so much. Yes, that's a good point. They've kind of got over that very quickly. Um, Did you see the news? There's news. They're wrapping up with season six. That's the last one? That will be the last one. We've got one more to go and then that's it. That is a shame. I know, but if it pulls season six off, that is a rare sitcom that never fell off the cliff. Yeah, every the, every, every series is a ninety and above. The longer yeah. you go, the the chances the, the 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 odds are no longer in your favour of being able to stick it out. You know, <sighs> eventually you have a bad season. That and group of actors just like it's are so good. I agree. Speaking of good chemistry, yes, Ghost did wrap up this year. It did. Are we talking about the Christmas episode? Or are we talking about the season? Uh, both, I think. Cool. I. I didn't like either of the last two episodes. Really? They di- again. This is all the same with um. What was I talking about earlier? When I was like, I wasn't happy with Oh Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. I was like, that surely the ending is they all move on to the next. They yeah. all pass on. They all get sucked off. They all get sucked off. Yes. I thought that has to be the ending. Mm. Otherwise, you're leaving them trapped in purgatory. Yes. And before we knew about the Christmas special, we had the the last episode of season four or whatever season four mm. season five and that seemed at the time nominally to be the last episode yeah it looked like they were going that way they yeah. were giving everybody closure and, I was like, and and then they'll all get sucked off and everything will be fine um allison doesn't have a baby mm. they end just saying oh we're just going to watch the weather and the captain thinks the weatherman's hot yeah I'm like is that it yeah that that uh, the ending of season five was the weakest element of season five and then he was like oh no we've got one more christmas special i was like okay fair enough that's a sucked off episode. <laughs> if you don't watch Ghosts, it's going to have no sense whatsoever. Yep. And then I watched it, I was like, and it's nice. And it really felt like they had the option to do it. Mm. When it was like, Alison's going to leave, she's going to sell the house, 
they've all contributed something to the life of this new family. Mm. There's a new kid there. I thought, this is the opportunity. <laughs> Off they go. Mm. Uh, he said, no, they established that even some 60-odd years in the future, they are still there. And I'm like, I don't feel that was... I, I feel like you could have had both. Because I really loved the idea of her going back. Yes. Because I because there was in my head it was like are they gonna kill Mike and he becomes a ghost are they gonna kill Allison and she yes. becomes a ghost yes are they just gonna have everybody get sucked off yes I think I was happy with it because I was happy with there was still finality yes they don't live in the house anymore no but there wasn't finality in in the sense of like and there's no more like because one of the things was do she stop seeing them yes. Because if she stopped seeing them, that would have been the worst ending. Sad, yes. Um, so there was nothing like that. But I I do agree with you. I think it would have been nice to have seen them going back every year. Yes. But then one by one. Less and less and less. Less of them as they get the closure. Especially the captain. Feels like he should yeah. have had closure this season. I would have held off on them giving birth until the end of the episode. Mm. And the second the kid's born, They're off they gone. go. Especially if they're going... Lady Button should have been the last one to go. Yeah. Of like a new button has been born into this household. A new person in the bloodlines come. She is whatever role she's playing that she has done. And then off we go. I will say, however, the actual final gag yes. was excellent. Loved that final gag. Of all the fucking scurvy people the in the basement village. Yeah, 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 yeah. getting a sword. <laughs> Feel my pores opening up. Yeah, that hundred percent wouldn't change that. That was ideal. Yeah. But I don't know, I just, I just don't feel it was a complete... It was a great season, mm. don't get me wrong. Really good season, very funny, but... Yeah. Yeah. I think they they did the smart thing with, with, the, with the Katie Wicks character when they well, they ran out of stuff to do with her, so they... She got her own show as well. She actually. got her own show. They, they wrote in the getting sucked off. Yes. Because <laughs> why put that in play? Mm. No, and we know now there's a happy ending for them, mm. if that's a happy ending, I guess, in your book. But because then you haven't answered the question of why are they still there? Mm. If we take this as like a purgatory thing, it's like, well, then they can't pass on because they have unfinished business. Yeah. What's the unfinished business? And we definitely haven't finished it. Yeah, because it felt like Robin and the captain. Yes. Both of them should have gone. Yes. I think at the very least. Yes. But like, but like Lady Button clearly completely unresolved. Yeah. Um. Ah, uh, Matthew Bainton's character Thomas. Yes. Like still. Still fawning, so has unfinished business. Love the episode where it turns out he's Scottish. <laughs> yeah, the, the wee, wee bear. <laughs> you're, no, you're Scottish. Like, yeah. I was Scottish as the days long. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was wonderful. Uh, everyone gets a really good episode, at least one very good episode each. Yes. I think that the last one being all about the captain and finally finding out what his name is, which mm. was like a Malcolm in the middle of like, oh, I didn't even realise I didn't know what his fucking name was. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I was, I was hoping a bit more. Now, weirdly... Both of those staples of the Goodrich household have featured pretty much every year. Miracle Workers yes. has had a much more fluctuating thing. They had their strongest ever season this right. year. Uh, maybe not. Okay, the first Radcliffe's one. Radcliffe's still in it. Radcliffe's still in it. So the first one was the, the the one where they're all in heaven and it's like the office workers of heaven. Yes. Then we had the medieval one, which wasn't great. Last season was... The cowboy one? Cowboy one, the, the frontier. Yeah. This one, despite that se- dance sequence, despite the dance sequence, <laughs> which was wonderful, Schnur, it's Mad Max this year. Oh, give it a watch! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because you don't need to know anything about 
the previous episodes because they're basically rebooted every time. It's like a, mm. it's the same actors, but they're all playing different roles. They're not related to each other. It's uh, yeah, Mad Max, and it is. What if Mad Max had to go to suburbia and settle down in the wasteland? <laughs> And so Daniel Radcliffe and uh, the lady. <laughs> the lady. I'm very bad at this. Excellent. They meet in the like, the battleground and they, she's like she's like the head of like um she's um um Immortan Joe basically mm. and finds Daniel Radcliffe who is Mad Max and then they fall in love with each other. Um <laughs> the the guy who's usually like the shitty brother, he's like the head of her war dogs, but he's treated like an actual dog. Right. He's the funniest character in the whole thing. <laughs> and it's like they move to a post-apocalyptic town and have to deal with all the suburban <laughs> stuff, even though she's a warlord and wants to kill everything. Um, uh, uh, Buscemi is... Um, Buscemi? <laughs> that, that's Buscemi. That's, that's either, it's either Buscemi or it's um, uh, William Defoe. It's one of the two. Um, <laughs> is it left-hand Buscemi, right-hand? Yes. So, they both got the face. They both got the face. Buscemi, he's like um, the head of like the junkyard, but he's like a salesman. And he mm. thinks he's very prim and proper, but he's just basically sending off junk to people. <laughs> Genuinely, it's up there with the first season, but miles ahead of season two and three. I thought, this is a season that can end now. Mm. They've seen me run out of ideas. This one, I'm like, no, I'm back into this fully. Do give it a watch. Excellent. I will be doing that. And just to round out, number six, one I think we're probably going to have to talk about later with y'all. Mm. It's Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. I've not put that on. What? Did you not vibe? Okay, let's do it. Oh, right. Um, I didn't get it. You didn't get it? Nah. I I don't I don't like it. Really? I don't like it. <laughs> it's weird to admit this. Hello. Uh, because it's a Scott Pilgrim thing. Yeah. And it's a it's like a redo story. Yeah. Which is like I was like, oh wow, so it's oh, and when Matthew Patel just one bombs him, you're like. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck is this? It's the show called Scott Pilgrim takes off when he's in two episodes, and it's like Scott Pilgrim takes, takes off, off, leaves, and like okay, so it's a redo. And I'm like, okay, so it's going to be new and interesting, and that's the reason they've made it. It's not just let's do something, let's do let's it not again, just rehash it. Yeah. I'm like great, okay, let's fi- we shift the focus to Ramona as the main character, yeah. and I'm like, I, I I'm looking at it and I'm going, this is like scientifically the best thing you could have done. Yeah. And I don't vibe with it really at all. That's interesting. I I'm not I'm not in the place where I'm like, oh, I was betrayed and oh, they've done the wrong thing. Wow, feminism or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not there. I'm just like, no. I understand exactly why you got these people back to do this thing. Yes, but I do not prefer it in any way. No. A lot of oh, people no. are saying there's a lot of people saying this is better than the movie. Nice. You're fucking mental. No. Like nothing's gonna be better than that movie. It's. You know what I was expecting? Mm. I was expecting, and maybe this is why I didn't vibe with it, I thought it was going to be more of an adaptation of the manga. Well, it's not a manga, right, the okay. comic book. Yeah, I've got yeah. a couple of them over there. Um, so you have? Only one and two for some reason. I've read the others. I think I have them on ebooks or whatever. Ah, right, okay. um, so like, there was a lot of stuff they could have plumbed from in the in the books. You know, the, oh. the, they do, There's a lot more to do with Knives and Kim. And there's a character called Lisa in the books that they really could have like yeah, yeah. mined from. But they've done something more. So there's now three versions of this story. And I'm like, yes. okay, brilliant. So... And they do they do kind of draw attention to it in the series of like there's several different ways this story can go. I'm like, okay, so it's a what if verse, but it's still by quite a way my right. least favourite version of this story. Okay. But I thought the animation was gorgeous. Yes. There's the, there's 
first episode when they introduce Ramona and she does the turn and it looks like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 90s era Sailor Moon. I'm like, yes. this is a gorgeous thing to behold. Oh, yeah. But it was, it was, I had to drag myself through it, if I'm being honest okay. with you. Okay. I didn't vibe. See, I think I had the opposite thing where it started off a bit slow and then I really, like, I was powering through episodes at mm. the end because I think, yeah, it's not, it's not preferable to the movie. But I appreciate that they didn't just rehash it. And they did try something new, even if I do think it's a lesser thing. Um, yeah. And admittedly, there's sometimes where anime trappings that I don't like turn up. Mm. And I think I've, I've, I figured out the one that I dislike the least. I don't necessarily know why I dislike it the least. It's ambient, just people being in like a cafe. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it's, it's, it's when... Um, uh, Ramona and Scott's sister in the coffee shop, and they're just talking. It might be um, uh, uh, Aubrey Plaza, Julie, Julie, mm. and there's just it happens in anime all the time. But they don't do this in American cartoons or any other cartoons where it's just ambient noise and people very slowly sitting down at a table and mm, almost like an ASMR video level. Of sure, thing. I'm like, I don't get this. This is this, this is anime traffic, and I think that then sends off the anime beacon of like, wait, is this an anime it's made mm. by a Japanese company? Oh, oh panic. Um, I mean, it is an anime. It is an anime. Um, I I ended up liking it. I thought it yeah, action is fantastic. Like mm. some of the fights are. Oh, the Roxy Richter fight! Always, oh, awesome. That's good. Awesome. I the young Neil actor gets a very expanded part in this, and I was like, why is young Neil the focus of so <laughs> much of this? I don't get it. Um, I liked Gideon Graves and um, uh. Lucas Lee. Lucas Lee being bros. Yeah. That was nice. Uh, I like they turned, um, uh, what's his face, gay. That was fun. Um, oh, uh, oh no, no. Number three. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chad. Oh, it's not Chad. The vegan guy. Yeah. Milk and eggs, bitch. Uh, you Patel, Lucas Lee. Todd Ingram. Todd Ingram. Thank you. Uh, you do in that order, man. You, you get go. it. The, the twins have a lot more to do in this, even if they don't have that much to do. They have, more than they did in the film to do. Yep. So yeah, I just came away with like, I liked it. Older Scott was a fun addition. Mm. Um, and yeah, I like shifting the folks to Ramona because she's my favorite character because it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead all over again. That's true. I did, well. I did, I did like the that every episode starts with her dyeing her hair a different color because that yes, that's something that they do in the films. Like, yes. I'm changing it every week. What the fuck are you talking about? And so they do that and they show yeah. that to show that the time progressing in the story. Uh-huh. I think the episode where I was like. This ain't working for me. Was the Scots funeral episode? I'm like, this is not. Mm. This is not doing it for me. Oh, and Moxie uh, Richter, not Moxie Richter. Um, Envy Adams. Envy Adams turns, turns up concert. and does a big song thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like okay. I think Fine. I was also like, oh, I like reading this more than I like doing the Marvel. So good yeah. job, Brie Larson. Oh yeah, yeah. Brie Larson was in something good this year. Even if I didn't like it, I can appreciate it. Fair enough. Right, Michael. Yes. Number five, please. One last thing. Oh. Futurama's back. Oh. It's good. Uh-huh. There you go. Simpsons is back. It's all it right. isn't good. No, no, no. There you go. Apparently, they had one standout episode this year. I, I seem to remember there was at least one or two that were like the back half was a was stronger than average for post season fifteen, but mm. still not. And again, Julie Cavanaugh. What? What? Anyway, uh, number five. Mm. What we do in the Shadow Season Five, which we've ah, already talked about, okay. I there was very strong season. Yes, very, very, very strong season. I love the local news episode. That was a very good episode. Lived <laughs> in the van, yeah. The and the no, the news local news just cut into like stories about a puppy. Yeah, <laughs> that was all this mental shits going down. I loved that. 
Um, I will be very sad when it ends. I'll so will I. Because I think it was, it's consistently been one of the yes. funniest shows on TV. I would agree with that. But again, I don't want it to run on until it definitively fills up. Mm. They're all getting much more work now. They are. What did so. you make of the Guillermo becoming a vampire storyline? Oh, admittedly, I think that was a weaker element because I just didn't. It's nowhere near as fun as the he's a Van Helsing storyline. No, no. And I think I, I like that he got to fulfill it and that was a nice character bit. But then we've now got rid of that from him, right? That he's now... He's no longer a vampire. No, through through happenstance, he's no longer a vampire. <laughs> through stabbing that dude that works at the 7-Eleven. That was it. I can't remember who it was. I did like when Wong turned back up at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting that he's this weird cockney... <laughs> <laughs> he's it's it's weird Peddler. it's weird that he's he's like as british as he is yes like, right. that's actually my, closer to his normal voice that's his accent i know it's very strange um but no i i can't say that was like my favorite element of it no. i liked when it was like nandor's gonna find out and he's going to kill you yeah oh the um the one where laszlo's basically comatose in tone yes yes very good thank you oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh man it i, I think as a collection of episodes, there wasn't a bad one. No. But there was also wasn't a Jackie Daytona, no. an Atlantic City, a Go Flip Yourself. No. The Go Flip Yourself episode, it's it's getting close to Jackie Daytona the more I look back oh, on it. Oh, all I, I love there. them playing with the format. That's yes. what I liked about the, the no, local, local news, news episode. Yeah. But the Gay Pride Parade one was great. And how Sean's brain is just basically soup at this He's, point. Yes. Poor lad. Uh, Excellent. Right, yeah, so that's my number five. Didn't need much more time on it because you've already covered it. Wait, uh, Ted Lasso wrapped up this year. He did. That's at number five. Have you watched it? No, I will. I will. I will. It's. I know it's good. They went with full Scooby Doo happy ending of like, no, everybody gets the happy ending. Oh, nice. And it's a, schlo- it's a show about schlock, so I don't know why I expected anything else. But. It was a nice ending for one. Well, the one I was most curious about, I remember reading, I remember telling me on this thing last year of like there was worries about Jason Sudeikis getting a bit too involved in it and mm. taking it abroad for no reason, and there being problems with the shoot and everyone falling out and all that stuff. Um, and then you get to the actual the Amsterdam episode. It's one of the best episodes, not only of this season of the whole show, like a great. Like, very funny in that all the guys are trying to figure out what to do there in Amsterdam and some are like, strip bars. Some are like, weed. And there's one guy who just wants to go and see tulips and he keeps finding <laughs> a way to get his sneakies vote back in there. Yeah. Like, just thought, you know, it might be a nice cultural thing for us to do. Um, <laughs> there's a wonderful episode about the gay player mm. coming out mm. and being accepted by everybody. Um, yeah, they, they are not going for deep emotionality in this one. The previous season was when they were going through... Um, Ted Lasso's like depression and stuff like that mm. there's still remnants of that they're working through but for the most part we're a cohesive whole now and it's just about everyone having healthy relationships with everybody else but yeah it, that's why it's number five of like it's well made I laughed I had a good time I'm thankful it's ended and everyone was happy they've left open for a spin-off season of basically no, Ted Lasso's not involved but all the other casts who are much cheaper are still involved <laughs> We're going to get our money out of Brett Goldstein. That we fucking are. Yeah. But yeah, that's at number five. Fair enough. Number four for me then. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season five. Okay. Is it higher for you? No. Okay. I liked it. Mm. I really disliked the ending. It was ju- I was dubious on this. When they did the flash forwards right at the start of the season, I yes. went, 
oh god, we're, we're leading up. Don't tell me the last ep- episode of this show is the incident in which Midge and... Um, Maisel. Uh, no, that's her last name. Uh, the- uh, Midge and... Oh, Christ, Alex Borstein's character. Oh, she's um, the best one. Oh, no. Obviously, oh, no. her name is... Please look it up, because that's going to kill keep me. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, anyway, so please don't tell me that the final scene of that show is the, the day at which they're working relationship breaks down because I do not want to be left with a sour taste in my mouth. Susie. Susie Myerson, thank you so much. Yeah, Midge and Susie's fallen out. I was worried it was going to be the end of the show. Ah, right, and they, okay. I'm happy that that's not what it was. Hmm. Although, the, the lens to which they do the flash forward, yeah, it's a lot. It's almost like they wanted to do a 50 years later yes. thing and Amazon were like, Nah. No. So it's like, fuck it, we're just going to make that season five. We're just going to do all of the future ideas that yeah. we had. And it's nowhere near as interesting as the, the 50s story. No. Nor do I feel it adds anything narrative-wise. No. Like, it just gives clarification that, yes, there's a big fallout in this season, but they get over it. Yeah. And they're friends by the end type of thing. They're like, I don't feel... All the stuff with his with her son and her daughter being like in like this rebellious college person... I don't know what it added to the, the mm. narrative of the 50s. Bit. If anything else, at least gave us something interesting for the children to do. Yeah, fair. But fair. At, the, at the cost of there being no Tony Shellhoop. So, like, who is still consistently, outside of Susie Myerson, the best character in the show. Yes. Because Susie, like it's, like, it's like, yeah, obviously Susie's the best character. Yeah, but yeah. then, like, the evolution that the dad has gone through... Yes to be where he is in season five mm-hmm. as the person who drags his the mom kicking and screaming to her show. Yes. Being like, no, not only do we support her, she's actually funny. Yeah. I'm like, fucking yes, Tony, Finally. come on. <laughs> Finally, we got there. Um, so there was enough in it for me to put it this high up. Enough okay. of the big emotional payoffs. There was yeah. some weird stuff like the magician storyline is a bit odd. I don't know what they were going with. I'm not there. certain. I don't know. It, it's a, there was a lot of... The reasons I, that I feel there's a lot of fat on the show that you could cut mm. that I just don't feel really jived. And they did a lot less with... Um, oh, what's the comedian that's actually real? Um, oh, oh Lenny up, Bruce. Lenny Bruce. Yeah. I feel like he was reduced this season because I think everyone reacted badly to their almost Ross and Joey level... Sorry, Rachel and Joey level. Yeah. Shouldn't these two hook up? And it was like, flat no. <laughs> it's a shame because I like that. <laughs> I, I, I was like, no. I especially like the dude who plays Lenny Bruce, though. I He's very good. I'll give him that. But uh, it's a better season than the previous one. Mm. It, it's just that ending of like, well, neither of them seem all that satisfied. Like, Susan Morrison's got a big house, and uh, Midge's like, what was the talk show I was for? Yeah, however dines long out on a on a on a fame for yes. years. Then it's like they're just re- watching old reruns of stuff. I'm like. I don't know. The kids don't seem to want to talk to her, so yeah. they're just two lonely spinsters. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this. But it is the key to. relationship in that series. If they were just living in the same house together, mm. I think that would be preferable. But yeah. this kind of on opposite ends of the globe, I'm like, I don't know mm. how I feel about this. Speaking of opposite sides of the globe, yes. back to the good segue. Well, technically speaking, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> the the I, I cannot remember a reality show actually ever cracking the top five for me on TV. But we find Good ourselves point. here. We've raced across the world season three. Okay. Did you watch this at all? No. So. I'm not even sure what the concept is. 
I mean, a race across the world. It's very Ron Seal. Um, <laughs> although this one's a bit of a caveat. So the first season, they did London to uh, Singapore. Right. And it's basically, they have a budget. It's nowhere near big enough. Mm. They can't use planes unless absolutely necessary. So it's jet lag without challenges. That. Okay. So they can't use... Um, they, the only way they can earn money is through jobs. Mm. Like they've got like a directive everywhere they go, they can do a job. But largely they're trying to hitchhike, keep prize down, but obviously they've still got to have some speed because there are eliminations periodically. So the yeah, first one was London to Singapore. The second one was um, Mexico City to the bottom of Argentina, which is really funny because they were all in Colombia and then they went, yeah, we're going to have to get you out of Colombia because it's all kicking <laughs> off and then we're going to go to Warsaw. We're just going to get you on a bus and take you anywhere. <laughs> Both of those were pre-COVID. This is the first one post-COVID we've had. Mm. And obviously they went to reduce it a little bit. So it's just Canada. Right. But Canada's fucking huge. So they go from the west coast of Canada to the east coast of Canada. Mm. And I I think it's my favourite season. Largely because, one, set in Canada, the homeland. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, uh, the cast of characters are really good because there was three couples you really liked and two you absolutely detested. There was this... (laughs) useless pair of brothers mm. there was a, a, a kind of stopping like 32 year old still lives with mom and just plays playstation all day and smokes and drinks and then his gay brother and they've never really got on and they're all opposite and everything but he was so fucking useless that they were like <laughs> four days behind everybody else Jeez. and got eliminated first off the wind <laughs> then there was this father and daughter combo mm. there was two father and daughters there was um uh, the ones that were nice and felt that like they were genuinely bonding and all that stuff. He treated her like a princess and they've always had a good relationship, but he maybe like bit, spoils her a little bit. Mm. Then you got the other one who were like a bit strained. They were like, he used to be a pub landlord, so I didn't have a lot of time for spending with her when she was growing up and stuff. But she was an unbearable piece of work. <laughs> and I was actively rooting against them the whole time because she kept going. So they're going through like, wonderful places in the world. Canada's got everything from like snowy tundras to big cities and everything in between, right? And you they were like going past like Bob Ross paintings on the daily, but there was a very specific place that she wanted to go. She was like, I just really want to see the bears. I want to see the bears. The, the bears. <laughs> I want to see the grizzly bears in this lake. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, no, but we're trying to, you know, it's a race and stuff and yeah, that's yeah. going to cost us so much money. And whenever she would get ratty, because she didn't like hitchhiking. She was like, it's demeaning. I was like, have you seen the show? <laughs> that's that's the show, right? Literally the show. And he would just immediately capitulate, get her a taxi, and they'd go there and they'd see the bears. Saw some bears. Right, now we can actually do the race. And he's like, oh, but no, I have to go and see Niagara Falls. I have to go and see Niagara Falls. And again, he capitulates, get a train, go and see Niagara Falls. They're still in it somewhere. They are broke. <laughs> and then she's like, I want to go see Whistler. And he find like, no. We're not going to do that. And she froze. Well, that's one thing. It was the only thing I wanted to see this entire time. Uh, they get eliminated. Everything's fine. <laughs> they are broken in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> and it comes down to this race between the three. So the, the, the father and daughter, the uh, the married couple, and then team mom, who are just these two. <laughs> I don't even know if they're moms, but they gave off big mom energy. <laughs> and the best thing was in the first episode, they were just in a park in a city um, on the West Coast of Canada and they couldn't find their way out of the park. Mm. And I was like, people were like two, three hours had gone by and everyone else had left and they were still, I was like, there's no hope. But they are right there at the end and it really comes down to like, literally they all get to the, like, the last place within like half an hour of each other. It's brilliant. It's very heartwarming, especially once the two shit ones get eliminated. And yeah, it's just genuinely like, it's very watchable. It had... 
less options so they keep bumping into each other more mm. of like they all have to so there are checkpoints they have to get to they can't just steamroll straight through they have to go to like you've got a race to this point race to this point race to this point so there are bits where they all get together they bumped into each other a lot more they don't really do that because obviously there's only so there's thousands of ways you go from england to singapore yeah but yeah if you just want some very watchable wallpaper tv all three seasons mm, all three seasons well, on the iplayer give them a go cool awesome that was your number three, is yeah. that right? I mean, no, my number three. Uh, this is the one that's gonna, not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, anime adaptations are hard. Scott Pilgrim, for example. Scott Pilgrim, for example. But that's 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 an adaptation of something that wasn't already an anime, an anime into anime. I want to be the other way around. Anime into live action. Oh, it's often cursed. I would say the Dragon Ball movie sucks. I hate the oh. Death Note movie. We've got Last Airbender next year. Last Airbender's coming. Ghost in the Shell. You know, all, oh, yeah, yeah. all these things are suck. Yes. And then they said, we're doing One Piece. And I'm like, uh, okay, of your big three, yes, your old big three, which was Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto. Yes. I think you tend to only really be a fan of one or one of them. Or none of them in some cases. Or none of them. If you're into anime, like, like right, right, you right. either think that One Piece, Naruto, or Dragon Ball Z are the greatest things ever to exist. You're either a Star Wars kid, a Lord of the Rings kid, or, or a Star Trek a, kid. Or a Star Trek kid, yeah. Exactly fair. that. I've always been a Dragon Ball Z kid. Right, okay. The problem is, is that outside of actual Dragon Ball Z, yes. it's real hard to... Like, um, any, th- any adaptation... Yes. Certainly, the Dragon Ball Evolution movie was awful. Yes. Then they said, Netflix are going to do an eight-episode series of One Piece. I'm right. Like, that thing has been going for years. There aren't a thousand chapters. There's mm-hmm. no fucking way it's going to work. Not only is every, most of it set at fucking sea, yes. but you've also got superpowers to contend with, mm. cartoonish villains. Yes. Like ridiculous size differences between the characters it's it's and it's all a fucking gag series there right. ain't a hell hoping hell it's gonna work and it's the best ad- anime adaptation of all time god damn um, in in eight short episodes they do the uh the arlong um arc mm. i think it's i think it's the the east blue arc um now i've not read it Right. I barely watched it, uh-huh. so I'm like, like I'm. When you talk to One Piece fans, I'm a Netflix only, right? Okay. Which is basically unheard of, okay, in terms of people watching this show. But I got to tell you, if you can get past the fact that it's based on an anime, yes. it's genuinely excellent. Okay, so they've got the, your main guy who plays uh, Luffy. Uh, I think his name's Inyaki Godoy. Right. It genuinely gets the physicality and the humour of Luffy, of just, like, a complete carefree, like, mm. doesn't see straight through people, just kind of like, yeah, you know what, everybody's, you know, even the worst people are really good. Yes. And I'm going to reach out to those people. I've got this dream. I want to be the king of the pirates. Um okay. there's, there's a treasure out there left by the greatest living pirate of all time. Uh-huh. It's mine. I'm going to get it. Anything else is just a fun day for me. Right. And that feels like that should be quite grating, mm. but he's genuinely a fun character to be around the whole way. Okay. The first episode, it took them four days to film the fight scene in the first episode, and you can see why. Right. Because it's an anime fight scene. It's in the first episode. <laughs> ah. It's not the best fight of the series. Oh, damn. Okay. So they go all in. Mm-hmm. Now, you might think, like, so you don't know anything about One Piece. No. The main character of Luffy ate something called a devil fruit. Which right. and, and, and all the there's there's tons of devil fruit right through the show. They all do different things. Uh-huh. He ate the gum gum devil fruit. It turns you into Mister Fantastic, basically. Right. Okay. Um. So permanently? Uh, not permanently. You can control it. Right. Okay. It, it, it's a superpower. Right. Um. 
So his thing is he can stretch his limbs and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. And you think, ah, oh, they're not going to do that. He's doing it every other scene. Oh, okay. It looks good. Like, oh, it looks we have far... hope for Mr. Fantastic? Yes. Okay. Serious hope. It looks great. It, they play with the physicality in a very fun way. Uh, the guy who plays Zorro... Um, so there's Rurano... Antonio Banderas? No, Ruranora Zorro, which oh. is the the three... Like It's a swordsman that uses three katanas at one time. Right. One in each hand, one between his teeth. Uh, he's played by a Japanese actress called Makenyu. He's fucking excellent. Okay. He get like he has like about three jewels in the series. Mm. They're all top tier shit. Right. They introduce a guy called Mihawk in this, mm-hmm. and they they do the most anime fucking thing. It's the best I've seen anime action done. Is his introduction because they introduce him as like a right. He's like one of the pirate lords. Right. He's unstoppable to the point that. He's got this gigantic fucking sword that's on his back. It's like things like Cloud Buster sword. Right, yeah, yeah. And he flips that shit off his back and slams it down on the floor. And a, a, a pirate ship, about, I don't know, 500 metres that way, splits it off. Right. It looks so fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's so, it, it has no right being this good because it. <laughs> It should be shit. We've said that a lot today. Yeah, <laughs> something has no right to be any good. Yeah, it's like I'd, I'd love to tell you this is just like all the anime people going mad for it because they're you know high on copium, but it's yes. genuinely an excellent show. It is well written. There's some great drama. Yeah. The action is out of this fucking world. Okay, it's only eight episodes. They're about forty five minutes an episode, so uh-huh. it's not even that much of a taxing watch. Right. I know you won't, but I highly recommend that you do watch it. Highly, highly, I've highly. Power wash simulator, lad. All, <laughs> right. All things are possible. Oh, um, and the music's fantastic. Right. I'm now number three. I'd still say is just a good TV show. I've only seen two this year that I'm like, their worldies, their mm. elite level stuff. This is where we find um, Okasoka. Okasoka um, is coming in at the bronze medal position. Mm. Um, does it feature for you at all? It's not in my. It's not, not in my next two. I think I had it as like eight or something like that. Oh, okay, fair enough. It's fine. I think it like uh, in a year where everything else on Disney Plus for like Marvel and Star Wars was like, like I said, what if has got off to a strong ass start? Mm. So maybe that's that's going to be like a good end for Marvel this year. Although it's the least consequential one, it could be. Yeah. As I said in the full review of this, so I'll keep it relatively short. It feels the most Star Warsy in terms of tone. That pretty much anything that Disney has done of like really capturing that kind of hope and eternal optimism you have from mm. the original trilogy. It's here in spades. Like and this is coming from someone who has not seen minute one of Rebels. Like I'm not even and this show has not even made me half tempted to go and watch that because I still wow. haven't finished the Clone Wars. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting closer. Oh maybe that's what I can watch when I'm watching Power Wash Simulator. I'll yes. just finally finish the Clone Wars. And then I can start Rebels. Um I feel like you're even gonna get a, a better experience with that, obviously, but even without that and only having like a cliff notes, like borderline foundational understanding of what these characters are and mm. who their history is. I really liked it, and I'm really excited for season two. I'm annoyed that um, uh, Ray Stevens can't be in season two for obvious yeah, reasons. He was great, and we've we've got some stuff we've got to figure out about how we get Ahsoka and um, uh, the other one who's trapped on the planet with her. Oh, um, uh, Shin Hattie. No, the one with the the purple hair. Oh, uh, Sabine. Sabine, yes. We've got to get them off world and all that jazz. But yeah, I, I, I go back and listen to the review, but genuinely, I think just for capturing some Star Warsiness mm. and being more Star Warsy than the Mandalorian this season, mm. that's where it gets bronze medal. But yes. I should point out, again, these are all good shows. Yeah. The next two, 
Oh boy. Yeah, top tier. One I don't think you've seen. So hopefully, hopefully, it's gonna blow your tiny mind. Um, hopefully it does, and hopefully I've never heard of it because uh, I'm about to ruin your day. Uh, the Last of Us is at number two. Wait, what was your number three? Oh, have I not done number three? You've not done number three. Oh, sure. You've already ruined my day. I've already ruined your day. Oh no, One Piece was my number three. Oh, apologies. I'm on my number two. Yeah. Okay. The Last of Us is the second best show. Sorry, yes. <sighs> I'm sorry. It isn't though, is it? It's number one. <laughs> like objectively speaking, well, is figure what your number. Was your number one on Netflix by any chance? No. Okay, good. It's not it's the same as mine. Utterly phenomenal. Yes. The last of it, especially the third episode. My oh. God. Where it's just um, Bill and... So popular was it, that was a question on the big fat quiz of the year last night. Incredible. Like, people... So they show people's reaction of what were they reacting mm. to. Yeah, I think it's my number one. Yeah, no, that, that I, I completely get it. As an adaptation of that game... I think it's even better than the video game, in all honesty. I had doubts uh, about Bella Ramsey specifically. So did I. And completely assuaged. Yes. She's great. Fantastic. Both of them do an excellent job. And I feel like it's less morose than the game is. I feel like it finds places for levity and using this world better. It finds heart. Yes. Because Last of Us Part 2 especially lacks heart. It is yeah, a cold experience. It is a miserable experience. And I've always had this thing with like Last of Us of why I don't truly love those games. I admire them mm. and I want to play part three, don't get me wrong, mm. but you can't love something that miserable because no. like, that's not the relationship I have with it. I feel like I have a better relationship with the show because it does find that hard. Yeah, but he was, he was still able to take the best parts of the first oh, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, And like, they tra- I mean, the, the opening, they embellished, but they basically translated the last rush. Yeah. Just before Sarah dies, one for one. And it worked, you remember why it works so well in the yep. game. Um, they did exactly the same with the ending. Uh-huh. Oh, my fucking God. Perfect. It, no notes, basically. Oh, it's the best video just... game adaptation of all time, full stop. No, no question. Like, absolutely the, no question. Absolutely. This is now, if Zelda wants to be that, this it's is what it's got. It's got a long gotta, way to go, it, though. It's got to be this, and I don't I don't know if it can. I am... Uh, I am ambitiously optimistic but still hesitant because their second series is going straight to Last of Us Part 2. And that's a jump. That and is a that's, jump. That's, it's, a, it's a miserable game. Yeah. Filled with characters reasons. that even when you... Like Abby, even when you play as Abby, yeah, I, see, I don't vibe with her. I was in the, the minority of other things where I didn't actually mind the Abby stuff because I think it was actually... I mean, gameplay-wise, like, it doesn't really change at the formula that much, but I appreciated it from a narrative point of view of, like, mm. we can't have a morally grey world with then black and white villains, so to speak. So but having her be a playable character and seeing her side of things, you understand more of her motivations for the thing that she sure. does. So it, I think... It, it, it did detail everything out very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I was like, but you still killed Joel. <laughs> and I still ah! Oh. Spoiler alert! For the game. The game out how many years ago? Yeah, I know, but I spoilt it for you. I don't want you to spoil it for people. Oh, bugger. Sorry, yeah. Uh, still, though, I still can't live with that fact. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. Yes. Because I think uh, as much as the second game is still brilliant, it, it does, it's not as that's neat as an, adapt, as an adaptable piece of media as the first one is. I don't think yeah. they even do the whole thing as a season. There's so much happening There's in part two. There's too much happening in part two for, th- for, for an eight-episode run. I think, yeah, you have to do up until that point. Mm. That's your end of season. And then season three is Chicago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you do it like... I'm trying to think of Not when Not Chicago, Seattle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
I'm trying to think of an adaptation where they've done this, where you've got two parallel stories happening at the same time. They don't reference each other, even though they're happening within the same TV show, mm. until they co like they come together in the last act. I think that's how you do it because if you don't introduce Abby until that point, then it's, it, you're going to miss some of the narrative weight. I think you have mm. to kind of separate them out for a bit. And then do that bit. I think they they do well to just wait a few years before making it. I think they will. It's not penciled in for twenty twenty four release. It's twenty twenty five minimum. But I don't think the the HBO will want to wait any longer than that because they need to capitalize on it. Oh my god, it's been popular. Exactly that. So one of the most torrented TV shows of the year. The most torrented TV show of the year. I don't think they want to lose momentum. So I think twenty twenty five is about right because they lived till twenty twenty six. It's been three years. Mm and change by that point unless mm. it comes out in January that's problematic I think because they have got don't they? they've got uh, House of the Dragons back for season 2 next year so they've yes. got that to sustain them but I think yeah they're going to want this back God, how good did they make the cordyceps look in this show oh it's pretty oh yeah oh. every every aspect of the game that worlds that they need to realise is just oh it's beautiful beautiful so what was your number one because we know what yours is. Well, mine's Last of Us, yes. I'm going to talk about my number two in a second. Okay. One I don't think you've seen. Well, let's just do your number two first. So I finished this last night mm-hmm. um, after starting about a month and a half ago, but it's a very intense show. Have you heard of The Fall of the House of Usher? Yes. That's the one based on Poe, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Good God, Michael, watch this show. I'm worried it's too creepy. It isn't. Okay. It's... So I was like that. When I watched the first episode, I was like, you're making me watch a horror thing because I don't like horror. There's some very gruesome bits in it, but it's not out to jump scare you. Okay. In fact, I don't think there's a single jump scare that I can think of, at least like a, an honest-to-goodness one that's like untelegraphed, basically. Mm. It's not a scary show, but it is a very, very good show. Mm. So The Fall of the House of Usher is itself a Poe, an Edgar Allan Poe story. Yes. To the point where I told my dad about it, he was like, but the TV show from like the, the early 80s? I mean... No, the one from now. Apparently, there is a version of this show with Peter Cushing in it. Interesting. That's like an, a, an actual adaptation of the story. This is The Fall of the House of Usher. So it's about... Basically, this is Succession for goths. So <laughs> I tried to watch Succession again. Couldn't get into it. This yep. fucking love. So um, the Ushers, namely Roderick and Madeline Usher, are pharmaceutical magnates, basically. It's an opioid thing, but it's better than or the ones you were telling me about. Yes. Um, and I, I, I don't want to give anything away, but basically tragedy starts to befall mm. the ushers, particularly Roderick's kids. And it's trying to figure out what's happening, but then also knowing at least once an episode, one of these bellends is going to get some corpus. <laughs> some very horrific and poetically sweet justice. Excellent. Oh, oh, it's good. It's very well designed. It's a beautiful show. It keeps you guessing the whole way through. It's got a very nice narrative structure. Basically, Roderick Usher is narrating his way through everything that's happened to his family, both from the 80s onwards, but also it's happening now, to the bloke, to the lawyer who's been trying to bring him down basically his entire life. Right. Of like, we're having this sit down in, in their childhood house that's all fucking derelict. And it's both of them just saying their piece and him getting everything off his chest whilst he's got dementia and he's either losing it or he's actually being haunted. And yeah, it's not scary, but it does. So it's the House of Usher is the umbrella, but then it also adapts lots of other famous poems. I was about to say that. Yes. So there is the Telltale Heart gets adapted. The Raven gets adapted. Yeah. um, So on and so on and so on and so on. Brilliant. Like it it got off to a, not a slow start, but I was like, 
I think I can only watch one of these episodes a day. Mm. I watched three yesterday, partly in preparation for this because I knew it was going to rank. I just didn't know where it was going to And I didn't want to rank it until I finished. Yeah, of course. But it doesn't let up. There's not like a, the finale shite. Like, it's excellent. Everyone in this is going to be casting bigger and better things mm. in the next few years. The one who plays the younger Madeline, oh, she's a stone cold bitch. It's <laughs> fantastic. She's like, she's like the the mastermind behind it all. She's the actual. They're both. No one's good in this show, right? Other than the um, the, the lawyer who's called like Augustine Dupont. Like, <laughs> That's a fantastic name. Some he's, Poirot level. Yes, shit. yeah. He's good for the most part. Mm. Everyone else is various Jack. levels of piece of shit. And it's a wonderful show. It's got um, Carla, not Delavine, the one who was um, Silk Spectre in Watchmen, the, the 80s Silk Spectre. Oh, yes, I know. You know who Carla I mean. Gugino. Her. Yeah. Uh, she's like the, the, the other, basically. Oh, she's okay. the, uh, the, the macabre one. Ooh. And or... If I employ you to do nothing else, forget all the films I mentioned, all the video games, etc. Watch Full Heads for sure. It's okay. eight episodes. It's on Netflix. They're all about an air reach, so nothing too taxing. And yeah, I couldn't get in succession. I've tried twice. This is succession for me because I don't have to wait eight seasons for comeuppance. I get it almost immediately. Mm. Like, And they find very inventive ways to murder a bunch of people. Nice. Looking Give forward. it a goddamn Genuinely, go. now that I know it's not like... Yeah, me and you just, have similar levels of horror yeah. tolerance. I'm trying to do more because I uh, want to... Same. There's, there's so many good horror games. Like, Alan Wake 2 is apparently like top so tier. I've heard. But I'm like, I nah, I can't Absolutely do that. Not. So I, me and you have similar levels of pussy. Yep. And uh, it's like the initial knee-jerk reaction of just having the trappings of a horror thing. Mm. It's not that. There's no jump scares. If you if if Cameron's a bit like mm, with blood and guts and stuff, mm. yeah. I mean it's not a tea time watch. So. Oh, it's not a tea time watch at no. all. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a this is a watershed watch. Mm. Like there's a lot of blood and guts. It's all kept to the end basically, mm. other than Roderick having occasional flashbacks of like God corpses. But like it it's largely just maintained to like, the end when the comeuppance happens. Mm. But yeah, and as if there's a need a sweetener, the lawyer of the family is Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill oh, plays a guy mate. called okay, um, in. Um, in. Arthur Pym, mm. who's like their no-nonsense, seen-some-shit lawyer, <laughs> and he's so good in this. <laughs> like, he's the only person, I think, other than uh, Carl Abdullah, that, that's like a recognisable... Uh, you've seen these people in other things, yeah. but they, you don't know their names. But Mark Hamill's in it. Uh, but Mark Hamill's in it as the lawyer. Excellent. And he has... I, I He's been in the last episode, I think, might be one of my... like He's my favourite bit of the season. Mm. Of like, I won't tell you what he is, but yeah. It's brilliant. Start watching immediately. I was watching something. Oh, that's what I was watching. I was watching uh, the the Michael J. Fox thingy. Yes. And I was and like current like Michael J. Fox as he currently is. I'm like, oh, he could have gone on to have played Mark Hamill in a biopic. That would have been nice, right? Like they they share yeah. a very similar face structure. Would have been Stanley could have been Stanley. Uh, um, uh, Sebastian Stan could have been the younger Mark Hamill. Yeah. And then he could be the older one. That would have been really nice. Mark Hamill himself could be the older, older one. <laughs> yeah, that would have yeah. been cool. If I need to speak anymore, Luke Skywalker's in it, and he's got a fun hat. <laughs> Everyone's down for a fun hat. Yes. Um, right, my number one. Hmm. You ready for a tomaco? It's the beer. It's the beer. Of course, it's the beer. It's still consistently the best show on TV, even though it is a complete tomaco of a watch. <laughs> Especially that Christmas episode that really pushed me oh. to some goddamn limits. <laughs> I don't. I still, to this day, 
don't know how I feel about the bear. <laughs> I hate it, but I've watched all of it, and I will watch season three. <laughs> yep, it's I, I love it so much. The, the, I get it. I do get. What the I like is that it. they pushed everybody forward this season. They've yes. done something new with everybody. Yes, um, which I think was. I, I, I said it about the first season that it's just so f- tightly written and so expertly. Yes. Now they've they've allowed themselves some additional breathing room in this series, uh-huh. and I thought. Right, okay, this is actually where it falls apart a little uh-huh. bit. Nope, like, the episodes might be longer. It might not be as, you know, it's not, no, nothing will ever really top the first series episode. It's one shot, all 20 minutes yes. of it. The review, that was it. Because there is a one shot in this one, a pseudo one shot in this There one, is a pseudo there? one shot in, in this series. Yes. But i got to tell you, the episode where uh, the, the, the cousin... Mm. goes off to become a like a maitre d' at a posh. Yes. That was fucking great. That was a good episode. That, is, that was so good. And to see him, the, the guy who reportedly will be playing the thing in the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And I'm I'm all in for well, it. Him or like a herald that isn't the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Terax. No, no, don't waste him on Terax. He has technically been in the MCU though, so they're going to have to put him in some heavy makeup. <sighs> They'll figure it out. I mean, he's Punisher, so who knows? What They're about to get Matt Mickelson back to play a different guy. I saw that. Like, like he's about to join the MCU. I was like, Woo. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> hey, dare you forget about Kaisilius? <laughs> Good work. <laughs> <laughs> that Japanese meme is like, I know it's in there somewhere. Um, uh, but yeah, no, the bear. The bear. It's the bear. it's still the best show on TV. I know he's disquieting to look at, but I, I can't. I, him and Sydney Sweeney, man, I just can't. Yeah. I finally figured out what Sydney Sweeney reminds me of. Right, she's a sexy Kaminoan. Kamino uh, uh, Cam- from oh. the planet Kamino. Oh no! Oh, no. The, yeah, the cheeks. Oh no! Yeah, the the big sexy bulbous ca- head. Sexy comedian. <laughs> finally occurred to me this morning. Oh oh no! Oh, we're yeah. gonna match Madam Webb in a couple of months. Oh, don't, oh, no. don't, don't talk about Madam Web. No, let's talk about the bee. If anything kills the superhero genre, it's 2024. Yep. Deadpool 3 and fuck all else. <laughs> yeah, Deadpool 3 and then the Joker musical no one asked for, Madam, Madam Web, Craven the Hunter, Venom 3. It's going to be the worst year on record. It, it, it's got to be, right? Yep. This oh. year was bad. It was really only Guardians and Spider-Man. But like, but like, still, all like, Spider Man's an all timer at the very least. Yeah, like, unless Deadpool frees that, we ain't getting that. Yeah. I'm so worried. <sighs> so worried. Watch the bee here if you haven't watched the bee here, because <laughs> it's it's still the best show on TV. It's still immaculate. Right, we're now going into the freeform section. Yes, an hour and a half in. An hour and a half into the freeform section. Um, what to talk? So just to touch on him because we touch on him every year. Yes. Uh. Geo Wizard finally did a straight line across Wales. Kind of, I guess, maybe. No, we're not allowing it. <laughs> I know, and he knows that he fails. Yes. Because he didn't get the platinum pure run. Mm-hmm. So he knows he fails. We know he that's fails. That's enough for us. And that's nice. Thankfully, that's all he did this year. No. What? There was another thing. He's back. Oh, what's he doing now? Uh, he's doing, uh, what is it? Something like, go in a straight line with £10 in your pocket and go as far as you can. It is the most, like, he thinks he's Bear grills in the, journey, the missions across. This is, he thinks he's fucking Michael Palin goes around the country. It's it's so self-aggrandizing. I fucking hate that man. And we now know he lives in Aldrich, the prick. Yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, I hadn't seen that because I, I, I don't subscribe to him. And frankly, YouTube has figured out not to suggest his videos to me. Outside, outside of watching him fall down, like, 
Oh, I yeah, that's I always, don't want to see any of his content. That's always fun. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, tenner in my pocket. Oh, and he, oh he's got a bindle. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's all I need to talk about YouTube this year. <laughs> I don't think I've really had anybody new to the YouTube uh, subscribe list. I added a few. Um, Super Eye Patch Wolf is one of... Oh, yeah, he does wrestling stuff occasionally, he, so I like he's, him. He's got four fantastic videos on wrestling. He uh, has. He got the... No, he hasn't got the Brian Danielson one. No, he's got the Undertaker one. Yes. The Roman Reigns one. Yes. Which is brilliant. Uh Um, The one about heels, which is quite good. And there's a a recent one, a new and reality one about... I can't remember exactly, but he's always entertaining. Yes. He did a video this year about a game called um, Fear and Hunger. Mm. And it's so good. And I think it was this year he did the Garfield video. Um, what the internet did to Garfield. Oh, okay. That's a fun watch. Um, right. The, most of his videos are long form. His favourite things videos are like slightly shorter and they're as good. But it's it's when he deep dives on a single subject that he's very, very good as a video essay. Right. One of my favourites. Easy add to the sub list. Go and add him. Um, I got back into Doug Dork at the, at the back tail end of this year. He's yes. still really good. The he's coding still- guy. Yeah. I said this because I was listening to last year's Best of Everything podcast on the way here and you were talking about him there. So you've uh, maintained, if nothing else. Maintained. Is that is Super Up the only one I've added? I think it might be. Rich Hudson, who used to work for What Culture, mm. is now set up on his own. Right. Uh, he was like the main Doctor Who guy. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Um, and he's now by himself, doing like a Dan Morrill situation. Right, okay. Um, and he's great. I watch Rich Hudson now. Uh-huh. He's fantastic. Who I'm sure that's it. I'm sure there's nobody else I've started watching now. A, a shout out to Abroad in Japan for continuing to be the best travel um, YouTube yes. show ever. Mm-hmm. Beautiful shot composition. We're now on like the seventh journey across Japan. He's doing the north side of um, uh, the Isle of Honshu, which is the yes. big, the bigger island. Right. So okay. doing like Aomori and stuff like that. And he's just consistently bringing great content and a great filmmaker he feels like he's pushed himself a bit too far on this one because he's trying to do it all in december so Uh like he they've got like challenges they're supposed to do on the thing um and then one day they were like find a local celebrity and the only one they could find out about was was a train station cat and it was the cat's day off so like it's funny but it's like okay we've missed out on a really good episode fair enough um but other than that, consistently fantastic. He he released a video this year, which is, right, if you've got two weeks, do this. Okay. And we are using it as are the you, basis for I our say, trip. Are you going to have two weeks? <laughs> we're, tra- we're trying for three. So. Oh, hello. Yeah. Did I tell you about her mad plan that we realised? What was that? So when flying to Japan, you have two options if you're flying from Heathrow. Well, yes. you have several, but there's two D- prominent ones. Direct. Well, we can find a direct one. J-A-L. Oh really? Japan Airlines do a direct fourteen-hour flight. A direct, a direct, a direct fourteen-hour flight uh, Heathrow to Narita. Yeah, that changes things because the ones we saw were Hong Kong and Shanghai. Mm. I was like, or Amsterdam, or Amsterdam. I was like, Hong Kong. There's a Disneyland there. There is a Disneyland. Shanghai. There's a Disneyland, There's a Disneyland there. there. And we were like, we couldn't, could we? <laughs> do Hong Kong, Disneyland, Japan, Disneyland, Disneyland. Disneyland. Shanghai, Shanghai Disneyland. Disneyland. Then we've been to all of them. We've completed Disneyland. <laughs> and it was a mad idea. Mm. But it's not a mad idea that's gone away yet. So uh, who knows? Um, I want to say, well, he hasn't done it yet, but Geography Now will wrap up 
the country videos next year. Mm. He did the UK one this year with uh, Jay Foreman yes, from Matt Men and all them. Matt Men was still uh, Matt Men's fantastic this year, still excellent. Um, so that was wonderful. No, I just I just had a quick look. I think I mentioned um, most of the newish ones last year, so. Mm. I won't bother again. Um, I really need someone to come in and shake up the uh, the Nuzlocke uh, format. Yes. Because I love still watching them, but I started watching one. I think it sounds like Chaotic Meatball. Hmm. And his thing was he was going to Nuzlocke every Pokemon game in order with no repeats. Jeez. And if he dies in one, that's it. He's got to start again. Oh, that's brutal. And it's a great format and a great concept. It's just he seems like an insufferable m'lady edgelord. Oh, no. And I can't listen to him for too much longer. And he like complains about his job. And I'm like, lads, you're just playing Pokemon games. He had a massive gap because he hates Alola so much. He mm. didn't do one for six months. He was like, I, cannot be, to play. I don't, cannot be bothered to go back to Alola, so I won't be playing those right now. I've just had Kalos, which is fantastic. And I was like, you've got many wrong opinions. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he's, he, I think he's just done Legends Arceus. So he's only got... Um, uh, Gen 9 left to do mm. so he's probably going to wrap up the show I mean no one wants to play through Gen 9 more no, than once no they goddamn do not I think he likes it though I think he likes Gen 9 anyway um, right is it Muzak time Michael? Oh. I think it might be Muzak time I was just checking YouTube to see if there was anybody uh, Tom Scott is apparently ending his weekly videos at the end oh. of this year I at the look, end of this year or 2024 uh, so I think by by the end of Jan 24 he will be wrapped up oh which is a shame because I really like Tom Scott. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't realise we went to the same university together until I was watching one of his older videos. Yes. About these, he he ran in a parliamentary selection seat dressed as a pirate. Oh. Um, and it was like, oh wait, and the video was shot on campus, in front of Central Hall at York. I'm like, we went to the same university. Oh damn. So it's him and Harry Enfield. Those are the ones I. You could have made friends. It was about ten years before we went. Uh... Um, but yeah, no. He's great. His videos are wonderful and informative mm-hmm. and always finds an interesting angle to stuff. So he'll, yeah. he'll be sorely missed when he... He when did he... do one on wrestling, which was quite nice. He got body slammed to shit. It he was great did. fun. I enjoyed wonderful. that a lot. Um, music is my domain. Yes. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to look at my top songs of 2023. So you have to kick off by saying it was a good year for Eurovision this year. Yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. They, I mean, we had it here. We that we did. We that didn't nice. go because no. it was... As soon or, as it came out and all the prices... Oh, the Game Mafia locked those tickets down yeah. immediately. Fair play, lads. Well done. <laughs> Two grand a night in a, a fucking Airbnb. <laughs> one room. No, thank you. No. Didn't bother. Nor- not Norway. Finland should have won. Because uh, Finland. Finland was the, the guy in the green bolero jacket. Yes. Carrier. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Excellent. Should have won. Didn't. Bit pissed off about that. But... The Australian entry had a great song. That's the the one that the, the only one to feature a death growl and and a like a beat drop. Sweet. <laughs> the it was great. They had a proper breakdown in it. Germany got robbed. They shouldn't have come last. That, no. They sent the basically Camp Ramstein. Yes. They were great. Um, and the winner was fine. I like Lorene's older song. Um, it's t- again- tattoo was like. Not it. It wasn't winner material. It's a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. Oh, are we back in Sweden because it's ABBA's 50th anniversary? Oh, how convenient. Yeah. No way, that's not a conspiracy. Yeah. I refuse to believe it. Completely agree. So, music you should be looking out for this year. Um, Funnily enough, on the Eurovision train, Daddy Freya released his first full album. Uh Uh, It's great. 
It's really good. I've now seen him live twice. He's very funny. Oh, damn. He was on a, on about... What, uh, I can't think of the guy's name now. It's not about, basically, somebody he went to school with played for uh, Wolves. Oh! Yeah. Where's he from? Uh, Iceland. Oh, yeah. It would have been... Um, oh, what's his flipping name? Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll think of it. It'll basically, some, something Gunnison or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they're all... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, him. And right. he was like, oh. so, so basically, coming to Wolverhampton like coming home, and he was—he's a very funny guy. So in really... Wolverhampton, he played rooms. Uh, he played so so, not the not the biggin, not the Civic. There's oh. like a side room in the Civic now. Yes, it's a pretty new space. Ah, okay. um, and he's great. He's, he's very Sweet. good. Uh, one of the better gigs I've been to this year. Electric Cowboy was the best gig I've been to this year. Uh-huh. And their album Techno came out late last year, but all of the big kind of singles came out this year. Yeah. So stuff like We Got the Moves is an old song, but Techno Train came out this year. They did a great cover of um, Every Time We Touch by Cascader, uh-huh. which you don't expect to want to hear live, but it was fucking phenomenal. Right, okay. It's the most heaving the Academy has ever been. Right. Could barely fucking breathe. Mm. But it was such a good show. Sweet. I'd recommend anybody who hasn't listened to Electric Cowboy to really give them a good listen. Mm-hmm. They are a lot of fun. Um, it was a straight tie for album of the year, right? Uh, and I've got to start with uh, Sleep Token. Now they are. Here's the thing, right? Mm. If you didn't like Slipknot and you didn't like Ghost, you're not gonna like Sleep Token because it's the same shtick, right? Okay. Of the like, the band has law, oh. and they're all in masks. They're all so right. Similar to when Ghost were like first coming out, Sleep Token, nobody knows who they are. Yes. Like they're completely in masks. There's Vessel, and then one, two, and three who are the the band. Yeah, yeah. And then Vessel's the singer. But this is their third album, and mm. I hadn't got them to this point. It is the most varied, the most interesting, right? The most listenable album of the year. Yes. Had Lincoln Park. Not come out with five lost tracks. Did they really? I it is, missed that. It is twenty years since Meteora, which yes. is the album that got me into rock music. Yes, there was songs that came before it, but like the I sat down you as a kid. Meteora yes. was the like somewhere I belong, faint, yeah, yeah. from the inside, uh-huh. numb, and it got me into this genre. And then they dropped five songs that they recorded during those sessions. Oh damn! Remastered them. Oh my fucking god! Mm. Like it was, it was like exactly as as we said with Zelda and with um, uh, Spider Verse. Yes. As soon as we heard that one, well, that's the best thing I've ever heard this year, isn't it? It's all over with, lads. Yeah. So right? Lost is pretty good, but Fighting Myself comes out on top. Okay. Of just like you could have told me that that was like I don't know the Japanese extra bonus track, and I would have believed you. Right. Okay. But from like one of the most important albums of my life. Yeah, yeah. So it was so good. It's not to say that Sleep Token are bad, because I think they're incredible. I got real into Ghost this year as well, who are a lot of fun. Yes. Somebody described their sound, because like they're, they're, they've got all the, like, oh, the the clergy and the, yeah, yeah, all yeah. The, the, the they continuously kill off the, the lead, the front guy, and replace them with somebody in their family and all that. Right. But it's the same dude in a different mask. Right. Um, <laughs> somebody described their sound, because they're, they're pretty like gothic and spooky, yeah, but yeah. they're actually a lot of fun. Right. It's like goth disco, but someone described it as Scooby Doom, and I'm like, <laughs> yep, that's the best. So what did say is like, for all that they're trapping, they're essentially just Bon Jovi. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Right, okay. It's bon Jovi with a plot. I can get into that. Honestly, I think you should get into Ghost. They're really plot good. Jovi. Plot Jovi. <laughs> um, uh, I should. I, I don't think there's any specific ones I need to mention in the meantime. 
nope. I basically just Linkin Park came in and stole it because it, they're just great. But that's just not fair. Like, it's not they, fair. They, they, like, too. I went to three gigs this year, which is yeah. well above average. Um, only one of which was my choice. Um, oh, because I mean, I've seen everybody I want to see. ACDC the only hole there, but Brian Johnson's retired again, and I'm like, I don't need to see him fronted by Axel. No. I'm good. So ACDC is probably not going to happen. The wife's seen them fronted by Brian Johnson. <sighs> Their tickets are always like ridiculous, though. Yeah, I was sure, download. Saw them a download when they're on when they brought their own stage. And it, yeah, it was the Black Ice tour where they came in on the fucking train. Oh man, weird. really wish I'd have seen. So that. I'm annoyed about that, but everybody else, especially after seeing my game last year, I'm like, I'm good. Oh yeah, I'm like we don't need to see my game again. I, I liked it a lot, down in the room, but I'm like, once I've seen them once, I don't feel the need to see them again. That was like again. the most obligation gig. Like, they didn't want to fucking be there. I, I liked it. I thought they did all right. Really? I mean, it's Milton Keynes. It's not like it's True. fucking, you know, it's not Burning Man, is it? But uh, there you go. So I was there, like turning my focus to Rachel. I was like, right, we're going to get everyone you need done. So I saw Paramore. Surprisingly good. I can imagine. Not bad. Uh, then we saw Pink. Mm. Now, I'm annoyed about this because if we'd have gone... On the second day, they she had a better lineup of people, including Sam Ryder, who was like, ah, yeah. Instead, we saw Gwen Stefani mm. open for her. Interesting. And I was like, I don't care about your Hollaback girls. Uh, this, is, it, is it Hollaback girl Gwen Stefani? Yeah, uh, it wasn't. No doubt, Gwen Stefani. She did do um um oh just a girl that one. Yeah, she did do that, but largely it's just now it's Harajuku girls thinking Gwen Stefani. Pink was very good, put on a very good show. But apparently there's a thing the whole tour with people giving her more and more elaborate gifts. So in this one, she got an entire wheel of cheese <laughs> and someone's mom's ashes. Oh, shit. And she did not know how to react to that. <laughs> she was panicking. But yeah, does a good does a big flying thing and all that good jazz. Um, and then um, I'd say like I, I, I went to one by choice and I said I don't like to see people twice. I did see Blink-182 again. Nice. But... It was the original lineup. Because I saw him, it was when... Um, Matt Skiba. Yeah, DeLonge was out and, and Matt Skiba was in. Mm. I, I'm very glad I've seen them. I need never see them again. Because ah. as they get older and they refuse to update their songs, it gets a bit... Really? Because I imagine when they came out and they were 20 and said, we're Blink-182, we're here to fuck your mom. Yeah. It was hilarious. Now they're well into their late 40s and they come in and go, we're here to fuck your mom. It's like, oh. And they're doing dick jokes and yeah. all this stuff. I was like... Lads. Oh, because like the live album is one of my favourite albums. Yeah. I love that show. No, I had a whale of a time. It was just funny because we had to do that, and then I immediately drove to Heathrow Airport because we were flying to New York the oh, next shit. morning. So it was, it was. I was a bit more. I was a bit. That was in the back of my mind. So mm. I don't think I was as relaxed as I could have been because mm. I was like, we need to fucking go. <laughs> like, because I don't do on course, we need to leave mm. um, and then get there. So um, that was great. Um, Stand up wise. I feel like I saw two people. I, I saw Peter Kay, mm-hmm. one of the laziest stand-up shows I've ever seen. Yeah, I can imagine. That. I was very excited for it because I've never seen it before. The retread of garlic bread. And I do think, like as a writer for TV, particularly, he's fucking genius. Oh yeah, Phoenix Knights. Phoenix Knights, Max and Paddy, um, Car Share, which I didn't initially click with, but I've rewatched it. It's fantastic. Can do no wrong. And early stand-up stuff, I know it's trite now because it's all the play that garlic bread and Paxi Bucky fucked off and all that stuff. We, we still say Paxi we still say. This was, he spent, no joke, the first 20 minutes just saying, who remembers songs from adverts? Shout some out and we'll sing them together. Oh, God. And it's all stuff from, like, the 80s, which I don't remember. And I, I you could tell, um, I mean, 
wealth, generational wealth. All of the singing was coming from the front of the arena where the expensive seats are. Mm. Me, literally one row from the back at the O2. No one around me was saying anything. It was all the younger people again. I don't know this song for Sugar Puffs from the 80s. But anyway, but he only did that because at the end, he comes out and does a big sing-along where he's remixed the lyrics to like, he's got rock tunes, so like Oasis and Aerosmith and shit, but put these lyrics for adverts over the top of them. It was very That's lazy. That's trite as hell. One or two like good laughs out of it, but like, and I, I was in the minority, pretty much everyone else I went with really liked it, but I just felt like it was a really lazy set. It's not going to be remembered as like a stand-up all-timer. Like when you saw Absolutely Lee not. Evans, you well, lucky the, fucker. When I saw the, I've seen the Evans twice. I saw him on the either the big or the XL tour. I know it was blue and white, but they were both blue and white. So yeah. I can't remember him. He was fantastic. Then I saw him on the Monsters tour, and it was one of the worst stand-up gigs I've ever seen. And he retired pretty much immediately after mm. that. I think even he knew. Whereas this one felt like it's an arena. I feel like he has to play to the broadest audience possible. Yeah. I mean, it's still my in-laws aren't seeing him until December twenty twenty-five. Jesus Christ. That's how long he's going on this tour. And he's barely moving. I think he's only doing weekends now. And like he'll do O2 for a bit, then he'll get to Birmingham and Manchester and stuff. So yeah, he's going to keep this set. And everyone's like, do you think it'll change? I was like, there is nothing in that. Nothing topical happened for the last two hours. He mm. does not need to update that show one job between now and the end of next next year. So I feel like I went to saw somebody else and I cannot for the life. Oh, I saw Dara Breen. I ah. saw Dara Breen. Well, I, like, in... I like Dara Breen quite a lot. It wolves. Really good. Fuck, we didn't talk about Taskmaster this year. We didn't talk about Taskmaster. It was a good year this year. Sam Campbell is a revelation. I I, 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 mm, I liked him. I don't know. I can't remember my mind. He did <laughs> make you me a, laugh some. Were you a child of divorce? <laughs> Fucking excellent. I did try and watch some of his sketch stuff and I didn't. didn't I haven't it. seen him in that. Don't. But I loved him in, in Taskmaster. Um, Sue have... Perkins, man. Like I, it, I, re- I partly written this show off of like, oh, I don't know. I know Sue Perkins is. But uh, Julian Clary, mm, mm. Uh, John Richardson's wife, and I, I yeah. don't really like that. Meet the Richardsons, I tried watching that. Yeah, it's it's not for me. And I, I think both of them individually are funny, just that show. There. But a revelation of a series. I was like, I should not judge books by their cover. This was really good. I mean, Julian Clary was only funny because he genuinely couldn't be bothered to be there. He's like, <laughs> he agent and made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. But that worked. Um, they haven't said the new lineup yet, have they? No, but we are 16 seasons deep and somehow it's not stale. No, it's, like, which is, we, we came fucking close. We've had a few close calls. It yes. was the, the as much as I like it, the Catherine Parkinson year. Oh no, and the Daisy May Cooper year. Yeah, like, it was just Johnny that's Vegas. The same, that's the same Is it series, the same year? It? it was just Johnny Vegas holding it together. Yeah, I've skipped two seasons, which was that one and the Russell Herod, Tim Vine, Richard Herring one. Oh, that's a good series, though. You hate Tim Vine. But Russell Howard. Yeah, I love Russell Howard, but like... And um, not Gus Khan, the other guy. Um, Asim Chowdhury, who's great. Mm. He's very good on it. I feel like I might need to rewatch it. My wife will just... He's just like flat now, so I might need to rewatch that one when I'm power washing. Yes. There you go. Um, yeah, I think because they've, they've got a New Year's special with like non-comedians on. Yeah, I don't really And we have to shit that out first, and then we can get to the actors. I think they'll reveal the lineup for the, the early year season after that, I would presume. So... Within the next week, we'll probably get the lineup for season 17. 17, 17. yeah. Okay, so the only main person oh, they haven't done yes. from uh, Mock the Week is Andy Parsons. No, they haven't done Andy Parsons. So I'm they? I'm going to guess Andy Parsons is going to be I wrote down, like, the dream lineup. Hang on. Dream. So this is, like, money be no object. Yeah. They'd never do it. No. It would never happen. But. You're right. I'm going to work my way up. I've tried to stick the formula of the big name. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
the oh, I don't want to be this person, but a diversity pick. Yes, and then the uh, largely an actor, mm. but he's funny. And then the oh, this would be the dream one, right? Nancy Zemit from the Girls Wrong Show. She's the Asian one from the Girls Wrong Show. Yes. Uh, Martha Howe Douglas from Ghosts. It's a lady button from Ghosts. Okay, yeah. Because they've, they've had both of the main characters from Ghosts. They've had Mike and um, uh, Alison on. Yeah, but like, they haven't had any of the Ghosts. It's time to stop picking on those. Oh, Jim Howe could be good on there. Any Anybody from Ghosts or the Ghosts Rung Show, the big lad from the Ghosts Rung Show would be fantastic. Yeah. But any of those work. In fact, I've even got that down as basically anyone from these two shows. <laughs> Kevin Novak. Yes, oh my God. I, I think chan- channeling phone jacker energy. Yep. Carl Pilkington. Oh, that would be interesting. And I don't think they'd do it because he's retired and doesn't do this show, but I'd love to see Lee Evans on this. I'd love so much to see Lee Evans bring Cause he Lee Because he would go to bits. He would go all into this. <laughs> Others that were long-listed. Stephen Merchant hasn't been on it. That's surprising. Yeah, you're right. He would be good. He's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw someone just like, every year new... Ricky Gervais stuff gets released, we have to remember just how fucking funny Stephen Merchant must be yeah. <laughs> if, if this is what he was working with. Yep. Julian Barrett hasn't been on it yet. Oh, They've had Noel. Oh my get had Noel. Julian Barrett would be so good on this. And then I was like, there's a few comedians we saw like live at the Apollo this year. There's a guy called Ignacio Lopez mm. who is Spanish but has lived here a long time and he's just he was very funny. And then Josh Pugh, who was on the latest series of um, Live at the Apollo. I've seen him in TikTok videos. Mm. Where the one where he's like explaining to his mates about trying to organise a piss up in a brewery, mm. and it's like no, they don't really. They can do like a tour, but it turns out it's not actually easy to organise a piss up in. Yeah, it's like a working factory, so they can't just you know they can't really drink there because there's heavy machinery. He's very funny, but yeah, that top five, I mm, I would love to see Carl Pilkington on it. Yeah, I don't see him in enough things. He did that weird like drama by himself, and I was like, you know. yeah, Julian Barrett would be good because I feel like he'd be like a like a Mike Wozniak like. Yes. Complete wild card. Yes. Could go either way. Yeah. And I need more Julian Barrett in my life. Okay, Michael. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about before we get to my main event? I think we've done it all, haven't we? Um, yeah, hopefully next year yes. we'll be talking about Japan. That'll be nice. That would be lovely. That would be really good. Fingers if that, crossed. If that actually happens next year, because we're looking we were looking October 25. We had a look at the money. We think we can do it October 24. Okay. Which would be good. Yes. Um. Yeah, there'll there'll be stuff about VR next year as well. I'm I'm ah, getting into VR finally. I'm yes. happy to do it. And yeah, it's kind of everything. So Darren Settling. It's that time of year. Oh, my favourite part here we of the go. year. Where I get to tell him all about the wrestling. So oh, here we go. The two main stories, annoyingly, revolve around the same two people they did last year. Namely, mm. Vince McMahon and CM Punk. Mm. I'll do Vince first. So when we recorded this last year, it was actually in January. So stuff had already... The end of 2023, glory years. He finally retired. Sexual harassment suits forced his hands. He was retired. He was gone. But on that podcast, I think I detailed like, oh no, literally... He's back. In the last few days, somehow Voldemort has returned and he's trying to force his way back in. So uh, Vince, if you don't know, was the majority stakeholder of the company. Lots of sexual harassment suits came out and he... Retired. And now he looks like a vampire that's been inflated he by a bike. Fuck pump. me, he looks like a Scooby Doo villain, doesn't he? Yeah. He already did, but now he's got a little moustache and everything. So, um, yeah, because little moustaches have really gone well historically. I know, right? And it's the thing is, he hates facial hair because he can't let his chin win. Yes. Genuine quote. Um, he also hates sneezing for similar reasons. Anyway, he, he's a weird man. 
said he wants to come back and told the board as much because he had retired, but it was like a nominal retirement. He still owned all the voting stock. So could do. I watched an episode of Brooklyn Online the other day, um, and it's the one where um, Captain Holt is being oh, challenged. Rest in peace, rest in peace Andre Burrow. That was a halfway through a Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah, review. Yeah, that fucking like, sucked. Oh, that's sad. Lung cancer Genuinely one of the... Yeah, like, fucking awful. I've reflected on it. I think it's the best sitcom character of all time. Holt, there, yeah. yeah. There's not a single episode in which he doesn't have a very big laugh happen. So I think it's got to be. Um, so I was watching one. It's the one where he's getting challenged for the presidency of his gay and lesbian black New York Police Officers Association. Basically something he founded by himself and has been present ever since. Mm. And eventually, at the end of the episode, it's his faith and lets the younger guy take over. But as he's shaking his hand off mic, he goes, um, don't screw this up because I will impeach you. Trust me, I wrote the bylaws. I know how to do it. <laughs> that was Vince McMahon. He was like, <laughs> yes. So the board, which I should point out, includes both his daughter and son-in-law, unanimously said, no, it's not good for the stakeholders. Vince went, that's nice. Sacked off half the board, <laughs> replaced them with sycophants, and wouldn't you know it, Vince is back. Jesus. He had to get the stakeholders on side, and he did that by saying, look, I'm not coming back to run the company. I'm not coming back to run creative. I'm here to sell. Mm. That's all it is. And obviously, stakeholders only care about getting money. So he's like, yep, we're going to sell it out of the Vince, out of the McMahon family for the first time ever. We're going to go private. Mm. But this raised alarm bells, because the most probable buyer, at the offset at least, was the Saudi Arabian government. Yes. They are sports washing like you wouldn't believe. They've just bought Newcastle United and the Crown Prince loves WWE. Hence why they've had two shows there. Every year for the last five years. Oh, five? Jesus, there was only two? No, no. They were the first company in after the Kamal Jashogi stuff. Jesus Christ. Literally two months afterwards, there was a show there and it was never going to be cancelled, apparently. So they get more income from that than they do from WrestleMania. Yeah. The entire house show, like non-televised event stuff, does not come up to a fraction of one Saudi show. So they never And I was like, that's it then. I'm going to have to be done with WWE. I can't watch something owned by the Saudi Arabians. Mm. That's not, no. Thankfully, as much as, because I was like, they're going to have the biggest, they have unlimited money, essentially. They have the deepest pockets. No one can match them. Thankfully, the one thing Vince loves more than money is patriotism. Mm. I so it turns out there was never really any threat of Saudis buying it because he didn't want to sell to foreign interests. He wants to keep it in America. So eventually they were sold. They were sold to the Endeavour Group. Um, I've heard of that. Now, essentially, they were a talent agency. And most of the A-list... I meant to look this up to see if uh, Julia Roberts, Robert Neuer, and Leonardo DiCaprio, Leo, was on there. <laughs> and if they were literally a gold member. Um doesn't look like that's the case. But anyway, a lot of A-list talent in Hollywood is under their books. They have now gone into venture capitalism and a few years ago they bought the UFC mm. and they thought in process was simple we'll buy the WWE they're close enough to each other that there's a lot of synergies there which is good for like mergers and stuff and then we own combat sport outside of boxing boxing doesn't really operate that way but weekly combat sport we own all of it so when TV deals come up we can sell to Disney do you want to be the home of combat sports you can get UFC and WWE mm. as a package deal made a lot of sense deal finally went through um, and they formed a new company called TKO, which is now the, the umbrella company for both of those. I have seen that. There you go. Um, now, Vic, the, the worry was they were going to give Vince a seat back at the table, but he doesn't have control anymore. He's got lots of shares, but um, I can't remember his name. The, the bloke who runs Endeavour 
even said that Vince McMahon is a liability to the company. <laughs> They're not wrong. One of the key ones, because he's still, not only is he under investigation for the sexual harassment suits, that's not actually the thing they're worried about. It's the contracts, isn't it? No, no, no. Oh. It's embezzling. Ah. He used company funds to pay off, to give hush money payment to make the sexual harassment suits go away. Mm. That's embezzlement. He's still under federal investigation by, uh, by the what's the tax man called in America? Um, IRS. The IRS, right? Fully enough, was a wrestler. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Erwin R. Scheister. Um, it's under investigation from that. And they basically got a break in his contract. If anything bad comes of that, they can immediately just... Jonathan Majors is actually off. Mm. And everyone thought, well, he's going to have to run creative then. The bloke who runs Endeavour is like, no, Triple H is doing good. The product is good. You can just deal with TV negotiations, of which two of the three are already done. There's only Monday Night Raw they've got to sell. So Vince has essentially been cut out of his own... His, his deal to remain in power has backfired massively. Backfired to the tune of several billion pounds. So, so are you saying Vince is Rishi Sunak? He's in power, but he's not in power. God no, exactly <laughs> that. He he's very rich man. He's a billionaire again. Mm. He's I think he's in the top two hundred richest people on earth. Jesus. So he's got that going for him. So he's failed. You know. Oh no, I've lost all this power. He's seventy five and a billionaire. I feel like he's won at life. But uh, yeah, who knows? Once his TV does gone through, there's every chance he's going to be gone. And the product is fantastic. Now, lots of things happened because of this. We've been being on the outs. Basically, they've re-signed a lot of people that left because of Vince. Mm. And Triple H is now there. Big Popper NXT, Triple H is signing back everyone. And this included one man in particular. CM Punk. It's time to talk about CM Punk's year. <laughs> so we ended last year with him on the outs in AEW because he'd had a fight with other wrestlers backstage. And it looked for all the world he was going to get sacked off. And I thought, well, that's the end of CM Punk. Back into the wilderness he goes for another fucking 10 years. But the, Tony Khan, the owner of AW, loves CM Punk. He's a right simp for him. So he essentially created his own TV show for <laughs> Punk to have. There's a new show called Collision. Happens on Saturday nights. And they don't have like a proper roster split like WWE do. Like there's not like a Raw and a SmackDown. There's right. not a Dynamite and a Collision. But Collision largely featured CM Punk's friends. And people who don't like AEW. So all the people who want to go back to WWE, all, all the problem children are all shunted onto this Saturday night show. What could go wrong? <laughs> so all this happened. Basically, there's a very weird domino effect meme of... So, Sam, did Punk get creative on this? Yeah, he basically was running... He wasn't running the show creatively, like he wasn't writing the stories, but he had ultimate shay over mm. his show. So he's a Triple H figure in the show, but he's uh, not... Triple H figure in the sense that he does the signing. Essentially, yes. Yeah. He, he could say, he can veto stuff on his show and tell, right, that wrestler's banned from collision. They can't come and play with me. They can't collide with us. Jesus. Anyway, there's a wonderful meme. of you know the domino effect of like a guy pushing over Tommy Donovan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It went from Luke Perry had sex in the 90s. CM Punk goes back to WWE. <laughs> so Luke, uh, Jack Perry, Luke Perry, the actor's son, um, he is called Jungle Boy. And he was going to go on collision and he was wanting to do a spot with real glass. He needed to be wrote off for a few weeks. He wanted to do a thing where he was chucked through a window and it was real glass. Punk told him, do you know which version you're here? Uh, no, you don't need to do that. It's not worth the danger. Just use sugar glass. It'd be fine. Or don't be a fucking stupid pussy. You're not going to do that. You're going to use fake glass. This is my show. You do as you're told. Right. We don't know which one's true. Either way, cause friction between the two. We get to all in in Wembley Stadium. I was fucking there. It was a mint day. Grado. 
Grado came out. He mm-hmm. didn't get a match, but he did come out, and everyone was very happy. Uh, going again this year, much worse seats because the price got gouged, but uh, that's fine. I'm still going. Brian Danielson wasn't there this year. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he's there next year. Um, and Jack Perry is in the, one of the pre-show matches, and gets in the. He chucks a geezer called Hook through a window, turns to the camera, and goes, "Real glass, cry me a river." Punk hears this backstage. Jack Perry gets backstage, and they have a fight. Ah, to the point where Tony Carney sat next to a bank of TVs, and they need to get knocked over onto the owner of the company. Oh shit! CM Punk yells, "I fucking quit." Samoa Joe, the large, violent pudding of a man, yes, who I love and adore, breaks this up because him and Punk are up next. So Punk <laughs> has to go out, have the best match of the show, where Samoa Joe beats the shit out of him, even though he loses. It's fantastic. Gets back, and then even before I've left Wembley, news has broken that CM Punk is indefinitely suspended from AEW. <laughs> um, a disciplinary committee. Yeah, Samoa Joe's on AEW now. Yeah, yeah, Samoa Joe's in oh, AEW. Sure. He's he's had a wonderful year. He, he's he's in like the ten to five range of best matches of the year, but mm. oh oh, he's had a year. Okay, I'm... he was he was also in um uh what's the PlayStation one about? Uh, heavy, dead metal, heavy metal. Oh, um, um, twisted, twisted metal. metal. Yes, because he plays he uh, was Sweet, Sweet Tooth's Tooth. body. He wasn't the voice. The voice. Yeah, he yeah. was uh, Will Arnett, I think. Um, Something like that. Yeah, he was the body of it. Lovely man. He's playing um, Killer Shark in um, Suicide Squad. Killer Just Sleep. Really? King Shark, even. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, he's already getting definitely suspended. A disciplinary committee, which I will talk about later because there's someone on it I need to mention. Hmm. Um, decides, look, for the good of the company, it's time for CM Punk to leave. And I was like, right, that's him then. Off into the wilderness, off he goes. Because he can't go back to WWE. He spent the last 10 years of his life slating them at every opportunity. And then he threw that live paddy. Yes, exactly that. That they tried to kill him. That they made him clinically depressed. They made him shit himself. That they are run by idiots and stooges and arseholes including Vince McMahon's doofus son-in-law, Triple H. So I thought, he can't go back. There's no way. Triple H may be open to business because he he just sees the dollar signs and he says, look, I don't fucking like him, but he'll mean eyes on the product. But then Survivor Series is in Chicago, CM Punk's hometown, the Mm. only place the man is unit. Because even when he came back for collision, everywhere outside of Chicago, booze. People had turned on him. But Chicago loves their son. Hold up, I'm lost. Collision is an AEW show. Collision is an AEW Thank show. Thank you. So when he came back to that, he was booed everywhere except for Chicago. They will never turn on him. Yeah. See, at Survivor Series, the he's... big WWE pay-per-view, yes. he's in Chicago. Hmm. They started doing less than subtle hints in the lead-up of, like, Shinsuke Nakamura started using the go-to-sleep, which is Punk's finishing move. Started hmm. saying these famous promo lines. But then, apparently, they hadn't signed him, and they went, oh, shit, do you think people might think he's going to be there? I was like, yes. <laughs> what so, are they doing Nakamura at the minute? What's the deal with Nakamura? Yeah, what's the deal with Nakamura? Uh, his heel. He had some world title matches, which was nice, nice against Seth. Came up short. Um, and it looked like he was going to be Punk's first feud because he mm. was calling out someone for Survivor Series saying, you're a coward, I'm going to fight you and I'm going to hurt you. Um, turns out that wasn't the case. They came out and said, no, 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 the big surprise we're revealing is Randy Orton's back from injury after two years off. Way Randy Orton's back. Starts the show few lights here and punk chance but everyone's accepted he's not there hmm. main event finishes the copyright logo comes up in the corner uh, fucking hell has frozen over CM Punk is back in WWE yeah 
And that makes him the biggest fucking hypocrite in the world. <laughs> How can he... And then the next night, he cuts a promo. It turns out Sinjay wasn't talking about him. Anyway, he cuts a promo where he's like, I'm dead-eyed. I'm home. This is where I've meant to be this whole time. I feel like me again. I'm like, you fucking hypocrite. <laughs> Years of his life, this man has spent slagging off this company every opportunity. And now he's like, oh, this is where I've been meant to be all along. Either... This is a slow burn heel turn where he will eventually go, no, I'm going to take this down from the inside. I do hate it. Or he has completely tucked his tail behind his legs mm. and said... Money heals a lot of wounds. Money does heal a lot of wounds. I don't know what it is, but I I can't. He's now in the Chris Jericho category of people I used to love and adore, mm. and now I'm just like, I can't be fucking bothered with him. He's had too many false dawns, too many like, oh, no, but now it's back and it's going to be fine. And like I said, I can't get over the hypocrisy. Well, Jericho went AW, didn't he? Yes, he's still there, and he's ruining everything he touches. Oh, fun. There's now something called the Jericho Vortex, where if you get involved with Chris Jericho, you <laughs> go to then six months of shite oh, no. that you have to then escape to be good again. Um, <laughs> he's stuck in Kenny Omega's currently stuck in this vortex. Although Kenny's just got diverticulitis, so he's found... But he didn't he have like the best match of the year? Who, Jericho? No, Kenny. Omega. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Ah. So yeah, Punk's back. So, and obviously, Vince leaving, who is his main problem. Punk is now back in WWE. Mm. So we end the year in a very strange position with Vince not in WWE. Well, nominally he is, but not really. And Punk's there. And I think they've promised him a Mania main event, mm. which throws off a lot of plans I think they had because he asked nicely for it, I guess. Mm. But the funny thing is, he's definitely not main event in night two because that'll be Roman's match with, I presume, Cody Rhodes, which means he's going to main event night one. What is your opinion on Cody Rhodes? I don't like Cody Rhodes. You don't like Cody Rhodes? No. I think I was well into him in his early WWE run where his character was, I have a moustache. Ah. And he was doing actually fun things. When he went through like his mad, when he was Stardust and he was coming out dressed as Mr. Sinister with the big mm. Mr. Sinister coat on. Love that. Because he's in his Brian Fury stage as far as I yes. can tell. Well, well, then he went to AEW and he decided he was going to be a babyface despite everyone booing him. And he was like, no, I will always be a babyface. I'll never turn. Then he solved racism. Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's like, did, did you not know? He solved did racism. You, did you not? Oh, did I not tell you? <laughs> I get the memo. Oh, yeah, 2020, uh, Cody Rhodes solved racism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did a big promo because his wife's black and he just had a kid. Yeah. And he came out and did this really, really tone-deaf, rah-rah speech about oh, God. racism. Oh, no. And how he'd overcome it and all this stuff. <laughs> he'd personally overcome it. Yes. Even I could sleep with a black woman. Exactly. <laughs> what and, a fucking weirdo. And he... And it, I, I, I can't figure it out, but he started dressing like Homelander. Yeah. Have you watched The Boys? Like, he's not the good guy. Had the blonde hair and the, uh, literally the Homelander's coat. Yeah, he's wearing a big American yeah. flag jacket at the minute, isn't it? But he thought he was, a, he was like, no, I'm always going to be babyface. This is where I belong. And did similar things to CM Punk, like smash the throne that, C, that Triple H used to sit on with a big sledgehammer and all this stuff. And then something happens in AEW that he's never talked about. But he's like, I had to leave. Basically went to WWE and they were like, I really want to be world champion. I was like, okay, we'll make you world champion. And then he went back into WWE and it's just been shit ever since. Uh. Like he had a, he did a hell in a cell with a torn peck. Like he had a black tit. And <laughs> like, because it, it was so torn off the bone. that was like, you can't actually make this worse. So, <laughs> so why not have a match? It. Yeah, he's like, you, nothing you can do can make it worse than it is. Jeez. So fuck it, go for it. That I think won him over with the fans. Mm. I think every. Came out in the Royal Rumble this year from injury, returning from the black tit, at number 30, after Walter had been in from number one and made it all the way to the end, yet he was the bad guy, despite the fact he'd been there for an hour, and Cody Rhodes comes out at the last minute, chucks him out, and he's like, 
Yay! But thankfully, he lost to WrestleMania. Tyranny won, and everything's fine. Roman killed him, and everything <laughs> was great. And someone chucked a rubber chicken at him as he was sat there sad, and it was wonderful. <laughs> I think that's going to be the main event for night two. And Punk will probably face Seth Rollins on night one. Mm. But the funny thing is, he told MJF, yeah, fine, go to WWE. Main event night one of a four-night buy one, get one free pay-per-view. You shit. And yeah, that's what he's going to have to do and make it sound like that's what he wanted. Yep. So more hypocrisy to come. Right. That's the big stories covered. Okay. Now we're going to do some quick, uh, some match of the year stuff. Right. I'm going to do five through two honourable mentions, number one. So number five and number three on the written one, I'm going to talk about here because they play into each other. I finished last year saying Sami Zayn's the most over character in the company, in WWE. He's fucking fantastic. He's had, he had a hell of a first six months. Royal Rumble. uh, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn's best friend, was the main event. Sami was still in the bloodline, still in the bad guy group, Mm. but cracks are tight to appear. Kevin loses. Roman beating the shit out of him. Sammy's like, no, stop. He's about to get wild with a chair. Sammy says, no. Kevin, Roman's like, you hit him with the fucking chair. And oh, it's a magical moment of about 40,000 people in this stadium all knowing what's about to happen. But they're just like, they're being edged. Like, Come on, <laughs> do it. Smack him. And Sammy Zane looks really sad and gives like, a, not a full on chair shot, but just like enough to knock him over to, to Roman. And the place... Fucking implode. <laughs> I imploded and I was watching it in Cosley and I was like, fuck yes, Sammy! Yes! <laughs> so he twatted Roman. <laughs> yes. The bloodlines sick him immediately mm. and the end of the Royal Rumble is the two Canadian lads just fucked. <laughs> um, that leads to what is my third favourite match of the year. Um, uh, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn, universe, undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Elimination Chamber in Montreal, Sammy's hometown. Mm. There is nothing better than a boy coming in as a babyface in his hometown in a title match. It was f- fucking electric. Um, the only problem is, it's the only match I intend to spoil because it plays into the next match. Sammy didn't win. Any other year, this wasn't, I thought it was going to be a Brian Danielson thing and he'll, like, right, we'll just have to ignore the plan and strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. They didn't do that because of Cody fucking Rhodes. Mm. And he's still fucking lost. So, and everyone argued his feud isn't with Roman, it's with Jey Uso, Roman's cousin, mm. who had always disliked Sammy. And and tag team. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I was like, that's the actual thing. And I was like, it is neat that night one of Mania, you have Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos for the tag titles. And then night two is Roman versus Cody. And the big plan was, we're going to tear the bloodline down mm. over two nights. So that leads me to my fifth favourite match of the year. Usos versus Sammy and Kevin on for the Universal WWE Tag Team titles, WrestleMania Night 1. A wonderful match. A very cathartic match. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it should have played into Night 2, but they just sold the company and they weren't about to get rid of Roman Reigns because he's the main draw. Yeah. And that's why Cody lost. Cody didn't get to finish his story. They even had a title. They even had a T-shirt made up of him with the American flag saying, "I'm going to finish this story," and then he didn't. And again, someone pinged a rubber chicken off his head. <laughs> Is this a thing? Gen- genuinely, I don't I can tell. Either. They might not hit me in the head with it, but there's quite clearly a, he sat there in the wide shot with a rubber chicken next to him. <laughs> Fucking which excellent. Is wonderful. So yeah, those two are very good. They're the best of WWE this year. Um, second half hasn't been so good. Sammy, Sammy, and Kevin have been cooled off and split off a little bit. I don't think it's going to be the case that he's going to get the rubber forty, but. Who knows? They seem to be gearing up with something. Maybe he wins. They've had to invent another world title. Roman's had them for too long. And mm. it's like, well, Raw needs a title. So they invented the world 
it's nominally called the World Consolation Weight Prize. <laughs> Consolation Weight. Um, held by Seth. He might, if Punk doesn't get that match, maybe Sammy does. But mm. anyway, on to AEW. Yes. Uh, at number four, we have Adam Page versus John Moxley in a Texas Death Match. I don't know anything about John Moxley, but I do know Hangman. Yes, you do. Because I, I, I waxed lyrically about the handsome cowboy um, a few years ago. Yes. So, John Moxley we used to be Dean Ambrose in uh, WWE. He was part right. of the Shield with Seth and Roman. Oh, that's him. That's him. He was similar to CM Punk. He hasn't been as vitriolic as CM Punk. Dean Ambrose was the mental one, right? He was the mental fringe. Yes. He was like, I've had enough. I don't like all this PG character bullshit. I want to bleed. Him and Brian really just wanted to bleed, and WWE couldn't give them that. So he went and had a Texas death match where he bled a lot against the handsome cowboy Adam Page. Excellent. Um, so Adam Page had two Texas death matches this year. I will talk about the second one in my honourable mentions. Both of them. I'm not into like super bloody like combat zone wrestling shit. Outside of um, Gunther versus. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, but that was there's no weapons in that match. That's just Gunther chopped him hard enough to make him bleed from the chest. <laughs> yeah. Um. This one is plunder aplenty, but I've never seen a hardcore match be able to tell such a good story. So these two had a feud where starting in tragedy, like they had a, a, a match and um, Adam Page legitimately got concussed off a clothesline, mm. like knocked out in the middle of the ring, had to end the match there. Came back, gave Moxley a kayfabe concussion as a return job, and this was like the sign-off match for this. Oh, it's if you're not into blood and squeamish stuff in your wrestling match, do not under any circumstances watch this match. It's not even the bloodier. The second one's the worst one. But yeah, it's it's such a it tells such a good story of two people just like hating each other but trying to remain human and not letting go of their man like their um their humanity, but still really wanting to win. Mm. It's an ex- it's my favorite Texas death match of all time. It's it's my favorite hardcore match of all time. It's excellent. Um, so most people have this as number one. I've got it number two. This is Kenny Omega, King of the Weebs. Versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championships. Now, there's, this match has happened twice this year. You're going to have to explain Will Ospreay to me because I keep hearing to. his name. Don't you worry. It's happened twice this year. It happened in New Japan um, in the Wrestle Kingdom at the start of the year, which we're only a few days away from. It's happened on January 4th again. Um, that was the first match. This is the return match in AEW at Forbidden Door. Um, so let me explain Will Ospreay. Several things you need to know about Will Ospreay. English. Probably the best English wrestler we've had for about 10 or 15 years. Mm. It's either him or Pac, but I think Will's probably a bit better. Uh, used to be a super light heavyweight flipper do, but has now changed his style to be a bit more grounded because age and wear and tear catch up with everybody. Uh, he's from Essex. He loves Assassin's Creed. So he's like <laughs> ring jacket. He's like, he's got the Assassin's point on oh, it. Cool. He's finishing movies called The Hidden Blade Excellent. where he runs at them and like, Basically, judo chops them from in the back of the head, but makes it look like he's fucking ching. <laughs> um, he also does the eagle dive, so on and so forth. And he's a massive bellend. And I've yet to figure out if he is legitimately a bellend or if he's just so in character all the time that it makes it seem that way. Like but, MJF. Yes. But I've heard interviews with him where I'm like, I don't know, it's a bit Bam Margera energy about him. Mm. Of like, he's in something I love, and I love several things he does, but I actually think he's a twat. Anyway... He was he's my golden chance of having an English born world champion before I die. Mm. Uh, we've had several false dawns on that front, but he does seem the one. Anyway. Um yeah, wasn't Drew McIntyre one? Scottish. Oh, okay. So he's very much in the Andy Murray 
British when he's champion, Scottish, Scottish when he's not. Yeah. So I've ne- there's never been an English world champion of WWE or AEW. Regal came close a few times. There's a bloke called Wade Barrett who came close a few times. We've had Pack, but I just don't think I think his time has gone. This is the golden chance because he is. He's had the most five star matches of all time from Dave Meltzer over his career and has set the record this year for the most men to five-star matches in one year. This one, I think, was like six and a half because it is possible to get higher than five stars um, for this type of thing anyway. It's a brilliant match between the guy who used to be the foreign wrestler in New Japan versus the bloke who nominally was set to replace him. Um, And that's what the feud is based on. Kenny's like, you didn't replace me. They had to top it into a real bit of like... New Japan's fell off a little bit. Mm. Not disastrously, but like since Kenny's left, it's nah. so he's saying like you were the false dawn, you were never as good as me, you never could be. And he's like, Shut up, bruv, I'll drop you on your head. Um <laughs> He's a he's a he's a talker, he's a will. And uh yeah, this match is a brilliant match. This is the one I'd recommend to casuals, because it's the one that requires the least amount of backstory. But problem is it's remembered to just one horrific spot. They do a tiger driver. And Kenny Omega just lands square on top of his head. And, like, it looks Ooh. like... I'm like, that man is dead. He kicks out too, obviously he does. But it's a horrific spot. They both come out and said it was safe. But I'm like, there's no way that's a safe spot. The man has literally landed square on top of his head with like three inches of height between him and fucking Will Ospreay's ass. Jeez. It's a brilliant, brilliant match. Any Osprey match you go and watch will be good. He had Jericho's best match in years. Um... Best match in years um, at All In. Hmm. I'm convinced he is now. He was a free agent. He's going to be a free agent next year. I thought he might go to WWE. He said he doesn't want to live in America, but WWE's got the tighter pockets. And I was like, as much as I love AEW, I want to see a WWE, an English WWE champion. He has now said he's going to AEW. There's a Wembley show this year. I think they're going to make him champion at Wembley, Hmm. and that will be. Fantastic. Then you win. <laughs> then I win. Right, real quick, we're going to rattle through some um, casual mentions. I'm going to jump around a little bit for mm. reasons you'll see in a minute. Number 10, uh, Ilya Dragunov has had a resurgent year this year in NXT. He's now NXT champion, which is great. Should be on the main roster by now. Should be facing Walter and well, Gunther. Um, but him versus Carmelo, he had a wonderful trilogy of matches with a lad called Carmelo Hayes in NXT. Watch any of those. They're brilliant. Uh, the other Texas death match is Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. This is the one where Swerve Strickland is absolutely gushing blood and Adam Page drinks it. Oh, she gets his head like a coconut and goes, ah, and just drinks the man's blood. Cool. Excellent. Hepatitis um, is yep. the thing. Speaking of Walter slash Gunther, uh, he had the best match of WrestleMania this year, uh, which was, well, the second best. Uh, on night two, which was a triple threat against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, Big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> Fantastic. What are the new day up to nowadays? I, they're mm, they're not doing a whole lot. They're kind of in the on the back burner at the moment. The hope is that Big E is okay and he's going to return at the Rumble. Mm. But I I think he's probably retired at this point. Oh, I think he's, he's gone for two years. And I saw there's... I saw a clip of them jumping out of a box of cereal dressed as um, oh, people from Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Uh, I'm instantly in love. <laughs> Tell you what, if, if Kenny's not going to get you, the New Day should. Big, meaty man slapping me. <laughs> now, if I was going to tell you specifically to watch any match this year. Yes. But I haven't talked about Brian Danielson yet. You haven't. And it's about time. So he's had a mad year 
We've two like big injuries that happen, which is probably why I can't really make a case for him being wrestler of the year because he's missed a fairly significant time. But he had a match, a dream match with Kazuchika Okada from New Japan. Nice at Forbidden Door. That is a. It's it's only at number nine because Brian breaks his arm three two thirds in from a shink and still wrestles the match. Wins with a submission with one arm basically broken. He has to just use. Do a normal submission, but with one arm and a leg in place of his arm. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, they then had a second. So that injured him. He was out for three months. Missed Wembley, which is annoying. Came back. Had a second match against Okada in a tag match. Broke his eye socket. Oh, Jesus was out. Christ. And then they're having their third match at Wrestle Kingdom in January. For the first time ever, I'm going to buy a New Japan show. Mm. I have no clue about any of the other matches and who these people are. But my boy's there and I want to watch it. Uh, he's still like... Not really got full strength back in his arm and has an eye patch on, but he's just finished a wrestling tournament because he he's always wanted to be in one. So he came back ahead of schedule to be in the Continental Classic and wrestled five matches in five weeks. He's battered fuckless, and every match involves someone tearing off the eye patch and hammering in the eye. <laughs> now this isn't number one. This is my number six of the year, but it's the one I'm going to tell you to do. Hmm. He's my favourite wrestler. Versus your favourite wrestler. Oh. It finally happened. AEW Wrestle Dream. Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Fuck happened. yes. Now, it's not a, sh- it's not a match for the casuals because yeah. it was literally, let's decide who is the best technical wrestler in the world. <laughs> and it's Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of technical wrestling. Yeah. Which even I can find grating at times because it's a lot of like, <laughs> no, I'm going to bend you like a fucking pretzel. Um, <laughs> but... It's essentially my favourite versus your favourite. Yeah. I feel like it needed mention. Fair enough. Did I tell you about Zack Sabre's new finishing moves? This I already year? know it. When did they put all, all of the, the Argos inside Sabre's? <laughs> what a man. Go out of your way to watch it. Um, if you can't torrent it, don't want to pay for it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it finally happened. The two sides clashed. It was a fantastic match, but wasn't his best of the year. And I can't tell you to watch this one. Because it's an hour long. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's Brian Danielson versus MJF for the AEW World title in mm. an hour long Iron Man match at Revolution. Oh my God. <laughs> if I had to tell somebody, why do you love wrestling? I'd show them this match. Yeah. Because everything that is good about the sport of professional wrestling mm. is in this hour long chunk of a match. So an Iron Man match is pretty simple. You have a time limit, the 60 minutes will always happen, and it's how many points can you score? Right. So. Pinfall, submission, counter disqualification, etc. They almost always end in draws, which is annoying. But um, yeah, they everything great about the sport is in this match. It's got comedy, it's got action, it's got technical stuff, it's got melodrama. Um, there's points because the point was Brian Danielson was like, "I'm the greatest wrestler in the world, and I have cardio for days. You are a coward who only wrestles in like ten minute matches." I'm gonna. He went through. MJF always makes his opponents like run a gauntlet first, and Brian Danielson was the first person to be like, "Fuck yes, let's go." <laughs> he had a great run of TV matches against all, any and all challengers. It was brilliant, and then he was like, "I won. I get to pit the stipulation. Sixty minutes. I'm going to drag you into the deep water and fucking drain you." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I didn't think he was going to win. I thought, no, they're, they're clearly setting up because MJF's whole thing is his contract is up next year, which yeah. is real. I think he's re-signed in secret, but he claims. On the, he was on the press tour for Iron Claw and was like, no, I haven't resigned. I reckon he has, because you wouldn't put this much stock in someone who you're potentially losing to the Fed next year. So, But I was like, no, that's that's clearly the storyline, is they're going to get him to 2024 as champ and see like him threatening to quit with the title and all the babyfaces trying to beat him. 
Although MGF has now turned babyface, he's now a good guy. What? I, I, I haven't got time to explain. <laughs> but basically through the power of friendship with a guy called Adam Cole, who used to be in NXT, right. they have now become bromance uh, and are now best friends and it's turned MJF babyface. They're like he's a... still an arsehole, but yeah. <laughs> they're like an English-speaking golden lovers. Yes, right. exactly that. They okay. are. The only problem is Adam Cole keeps getting fucking injured. He jumped off the stage and snapped both his ankles. Oh, yep. So they've had to. They're having to postpone it via the medium of Samoa Joe matches, which is always good. <laughs> Samoa Joe's had some banging matches. We've got one pay per view left of the year. It's happening on Saturday. Samoa Joe versus MJF is the main event. If it's anything as good as their last match, it's going to be uh. nice. But yeah, they they are having to drag it out until Adam Cole's recovered both his ankles being snapped. Jesus, and then we can pay that story off. But yeah. Um, where was I going with this? So yeah, um, he was like, oh, "There's no way you can outlast me. I'm literally a wrestling machine." And it comes to like near the end, MJF is having, he's like crying because it's still going, and he's being given oxygen. Brian Danielson <laughs> is doing star jumps because <laughs> even though he's one of the greatest baby faces of all time, he's also a supreme dickhead. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's uh, I yes, he. This is the first match he did that in. He did the yes. He's technically not meant to. It's, it, not a... it's, it's not his gimmick, it's yeah. the WWE's, but he indulged the crowd this day. <laughs> if you've got an hour... That fucking clip of him doing the yes after he, oh, after the, he beat the gauntlet. The uh, one on the crowd where uh, he's on top of the cage. Oh, against Bray Wyatt. I haven't mentioned Bray Wyatt yet. Yeah, Bray Wyatt died. Yeah, he did. Really sad. The problem is, his last ever match was in January. It's one of the worst matches of the year. That sucks. It was in a... Mountain Dew sponsored match. Oh God! Called a Mountain Dew pitch black match, where they put all the lights out and he was essentially wearing like glow in the dark grease paint, and this new side character he's been trying to work in called Uncle Howdy playing to the finish, and it was that sounds like a bad fucking like oh mankind era he, dude love shit. He looks like a bad my mighty Boosh character. <laughs> it was played by his brother Bo Dallas, but like yeah, it's Bo Leave. Yeah, Bo Leave. He came. Yeah. He, Bray Wyatt's brother in real life. And no way, I didn't know yeah, that. yeah, you wouldn't put them together. No. Unless you see him, when you see him stood next to each other, you're like, okay, they're IRS's sons. The title for. What? Yeah, yeah, everything comes full circle. Yeah. IRS had two sons. Time is a wrestlers. flat circle. Yes. Uh, it's a god awful match, and unfortunately, he's the, the last match of Bray Wyatt's career because he never came back that from. sucks. Yeah, I know, it's awful. But anyway, if you've got an error and you really want to see, like, what I think wrestling could be. I don't think you should. <laughs> I should point that out because even even diehard wrestling fans have problems with 60-minute Ironman matches. Most of them prefer the 30-minute ones, which I think I do for most cases, but this is the best Ironman match ever is. It's Brian Anderson's best match of the year, which is fucking saying something. He, he won, though, right? Yeah. I can't tell you that, oh, okay. just in case you watch it. Um, do you intend to watch it? No! No, he lost. So, what? MJF beat him? So they are, tie- they are tied at like three apiece at full time. Mm. MJF is on the outside being given oxygen. That's when... DB's doing the star jumps. They say, no, we're going to go to sudden death. Um, MJF starts crying. Brian comes over. The ref's distracted by something. Brian comes over to check on him. MJF clonks him with the oxygen bottle <laughs> and then makes him tap out in the in the S-lock oh, in his own submission move. So now DB is... I think DB is determined not to be champion. He's mm. like, I don't want it. I want to be... I, I, I want to put other people over. He said he's in his, in his retirement he hasn't really put a time limit on it, but I think it's a year. Hmm. So that's why I was like desperate to go to all in this is, year. Is he where Cena is now? Where Cena puts over for folks? Yes, I think he's in. He's still gonna have good matches. He won a lot of match, matches in the C two, but he did. I was late coming here because I was watching the final of the 
C2. Mm. And he lost the semi-final to a guy called Eddie Kingston. I thought he was going to win because it's like, it's for a title, but like not the world title. Mm. So I thought maybe I'll give him that. But I genuinely think he said, I'm happy to wrestle whoever you want. I'll have great main event matches with him, but I don't want to be champion. That's not my game anymore. And I'm like, as if I couldn't love the man anymore. I should also point out, this is why I brought up the disciplinary committee. Yes. The disciplinary committee that decided to sack CM Punk was made up of HR representatives, lawyers, and Brian fucking Danielson. (laughs) And everyone was like, why is a wrestler sitting on a tribunal to figure out what to do with a wrestler mm. and apparently the the word that came back through the dirt sheets was he's seen as the moral arbiter of AEW that he's so objective on everything that he he's without question so his morals are without question so he's just the greatest dude basically he's the greatest man alive <laughs> if I could meet anyone on this entire planet it would be Brian Danielson he was meant to be at Telford Comic Con last year oh, shit. and cancelled I was about to buy tickets and he cancelled my hope is he's there next year so I could shake the man's hand and just tell him how much I admire him, how much he means to my wrestling fandom, because I love the man. I know this is probably a bit biased, but this was ranking pretty high. I think Kenny and Will topped out most people's wrestlers, mm. uh, match of the year ones. But yeah, second I watched that, and it was an hour and 10 minutes long. I was like, I love this man so much. But that was wrestling. It was. And that was the best of everything this year? And that was two and a half hours. Oh, good God, man. Again. Uh, we might need to split off the uh, TV as its own one, because I think that was like an hour and a half on its own. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to the last of the wrap-up shows, uh, because next up is The Draft. We get to see who's won. Uh-huh. We get to see, and we know what the prize is for next year already, because the yes. prize for next year is Grand Theft Auto 6. You get to pick Grand Theft Auto 6. So, so. Th- this one's an interim draft year, because there's there's... There's not much. I've, I've done my spreadsheet. There's mm. no. There's stuff I want. There's stuff I really want. Yep. But it's not like last year where it was like, well, obviously you picked Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, right? Tears of the Kingdom. That's not the case next year. It's the thing is, this year was an embarrassment of riches for really well reviewed stuff. So, like, if me and you'd have picked. Just, pick them. Yeah. Baldur's Gay, Mario Wonder. Yeah. Like, the list is fucking endless. Uh-huh. I could go on and on and on about shit. Street Fighter 6. Yes. Just like, they got like fucking 10 out of 10. We were like, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, this year is more competitive because I don't feel like there's one main thing. Neither, not neither TV, video games, or movies has that one all-encompassing. That's you pick that. That's yep. a kingmaker. But like, twenty-five. That twenty-five has GTA Six. There is one. And that doesn't get delayed. As long as it doesn't get delayed, it's the prize. Well, that and Stranger Things. Of course, Stranger, Stranger Things five, final yeah. season. Is, I, 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 I've got it on my spreadsheet, but I'm, I'm, I've having read stuff last night. Twenty twenty-five seems the bare minimum we're going to get. That, yeah, so yeah, fair enough. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. You can go and find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. No, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and at that Mike Owen. You can find Darren on Twitter and Instagram at the Guttridge. You can find the site on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything else. Under his name, Fowley and T. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. You find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, wherever you can pick up your RSS feeds under the username Fowley and T or Fowley and T Podcast, depending on the service you're using. And of course, go to fansentainment.com for all the written stuff. Which I'll remember to publish this year. Yes, um, that'd yes, be nice. You can go and listen to our two and a half hour best film of the year. <laughs> our much more succinct video games one, which I think is like an hour. Mm. And yes, we'll have the draft sooner rather than later. Looking forward to early January. What if we'll probably get a review? Um, there's a few things. So Echo starts relatively soon in the new year. Yep. Uh, Tekken 8 is out before the end of January it as is. well. So we've got some stuff to talk about there. All of that's over on fairlandstainment.com. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you in the next one and possibly in the next year. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.